All right, it is Thursday, February 22nd, 2024, and it's time for the Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show with Jonathan E. Moore coming up momentarily. Heads up, Hour 2, uh, Emmy Robin is on. She's one of the featured uh, uh, actors in the new movie Protocol 7 by Andy Wakefield, talking about the, uh, it's a fictionalized version of true true story of what Merck has done with the MMR uh, vaccine to get keep it as a monopoly. Anyway, that's going to be great. And she all, she's also a doula. We'll talk about home birthing, the, the, the industry of birthing, all of that. So stand by for that. We got question of the day. We got a homeopathic hit and Jonathan E. Moore on the campaign trail. How can you help him? If you are in Virginia or you want to hang out in Virginia, we'll give you a number to call to be part of that. So stand by for that and a whole lot more. RobertScabell.com slash watch dash listen. That's the new thing, right? Our new website is up. Check it out. It's awesome. And be part of it. We'll be back after this to get the party started right about almost now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. Here's Robert Scott Bell. All right. How do we stay fit to rekindle and keep that lit? What? The sacred fire of liberty. How do we do it? Well, it takes a lot of uh, tenacity, uh, engagement in ideas, intellectual integrity, a knowledge of history, a willingness to learn, willingness to teach, a willingness to unlearn that which we have been programmed to believe, which is not factual regarding the origination of these United States of America. My good friend, Jonathan E. Moore, you might have figured out if you've been with us for a while, he's been taking on the bureaucratic oligarchy for decades and decided based on, well, apparently the obstinance and the unconstitutionality of our federal agencies that shouldn't even exist like FDA that even when the court slaps them down, they keep on going. They keep on growing. They keep on interfering with our freedom to care for our bodies, our, ourselves, our, our families and more. And Jonathan's running for the United States Senate in uh, Virginia to displace the misplaced. I don't even want to say his name, but the guy that's Senator now, Tim Kaine. Oh, I said it. Darn it. All right, Jonathan, forgive me. I said the name of that guy that you're going to whoop up on in the in the election. And uh, I'm just saying fitness-wise, I'm having to keep up the fitness regimen just to keep you going strong. If I can work out for you because you're just on the road all the time sitting in these cars going places. And, you know, I'm just raring to go to help out any way I can. And I want those out there to know that there are things they can do, even if they're not in Virginia. But if they are, they want to get there. Um, yeah. We need some help. We do. We need uh, people to help us collect petition signatures. So to get on the ballot in Virginia, you have to have 10,000 signatures uh, that have to be deemed valid. And you need 400 in each of 11 congressional districts. And that is a high order. We have a whole bunch of volunteers out there gathering them. We've gathered over 6,000, but those are likely to be reduced by about 30% on average. So we are uh, categorizing and organizing all of them and getting more. We're getting massive number of every, every day, but we want to be sure we get on that ballot. So do it, to do it, we really need people to help. And if they want to help, they want to participate in this whole program, please do call 
866-696-6937 and say you want to participate, you want to help, and we'll, we'll, we'll certainly appreciate your help. So we're all going out there all over the state. I speak all over the state. Petition signatures are gathered everywhere we go, as well as to all other locations where people are gathering. And um, we only have until April 4th to get all the signatures. We want to make sure we get them by the end of March to make sure we get on the ballot. So it's a big order, but we're going to do it, and we need all the help we can get. Well, the the burden against, uh, you know, challenging the incumbents, it's just horrible. The monopoly on power, they don't want it to be challenged. And, folks, we need Jonathan okay. E. Mort in the U.S. Senate, whether you're in Virginia or not, to, to benefit us all. Uh, 202-466-6937. That's the number to call if you want to volunteer. If you're in Virginia, great. You're already there. But if you're not and you want to get it, call. Don't think it's not possible. 202-466-6937. Leave a message and say and you I, you'd like to volunteer and help out. You don't, have, you don't have to be in Virginia or be a Virginian in order to help in Virginia. I mean, you can come from another state. I mean, I'm trying, I'm working out a deal now with Robert to get him out here. He's going to go out with me and we're going to go get those signatures ourselves as well. I've been doing that just uh, yesterday. I think we got 750 uh, signatures in one day with all the work of the volunteers. That's a lot. If we can keep that momentum going, and I believe we will, we'll be all right. But boy, oh boy, we need an insurance policy. Yeah. We need people from all over to come here. It takes a short period of time to be trained on how to do this. We send you out with volunteers uh, who are very experienced in this. And we go to locations where people are by and large happy to sign. All you really have to say in Virginia is this man is running against Tim Kaine. And you'd be surprised. Just about everybody lines up to sign those things. I don't understand where his popularity comes from. These no. are hot people, Robert. I, I really don't understand. I know in Northern Virginia, there are a lot of supporters for Kane, mm -hmm. only because they just need your vote Democrat, a lot of them. But all throughout the rest of the whole state, I mean, everybody is sick of that guy. And they tell us, I mean, oftentimes they say, hey, look, um, I would vote for a half dead dog, than, <laughs> you know, than vote for Tim Kane. Right. And uh, we give them a much better alternative. So, yeah. That's And it's all about uh, collecting these signatures right now. That's the whole thing we're preoccupied with. I'm speaking everywhere, and people are getting the signatures as I speak. Um, but, wow, what a, what a Herculean task it is. And we're over halfway there, but we got to get all the rest. And then we need to get even more than that to be assured yeah. that no what they ding on the, you know, the, by the Department of Elections – we get that 10,000 that they demand. And well, again, it's a, it's a hurdle that they make it difficult. Even if you have the support, which you do, it's a, you just got to go through the, the motions, which are very in, intensive in terms of that. Yeah. That's why the number's up there to call 202-466-6937. By the way, I saw part of the interview you just did recently with Mike Adams that just aired uh, today for the first time. Crank yeah, it up. Mike had you back on. I'm thrilled about that to get the word out. And uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the whole video. Yet of all the interview questions that he asked, but I'm sure it was engaging and, uh, uh, you know, really good stuff that was presented. There it is. Uh, Jonathan interviewed, interviewed by, yeah, Mike Adams, the health ranger. So that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so y'all check that out and we'll add that to the uh, show notes today at robertscabell.com. He's a got great interviewer. You are too, Robert. He is a great interviewer and, uh, boy, oh boy, is he ever, uh, on top of things. I mean, oh he really God. is on top of things. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he does what he does, but then he looks at me and says the same thing. So what can you say? We somehow got to get through it and keep it going. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, 67% of voters say Biden is too old. You know, I don't think he's too old personally. I think he just is dysfunctional because yeah. there are certainly 81 and 85 and 90 year olds that have much more capacity to do things. I don't care if they're old. It's President do- Trump is three years younger, I guess, than he is. Yeah. Uh, President Trump referred to him as diminished, that yeah. Joe Biden is diminished. And I think that's definitely the case. I do believe that he's intelligent enough to know that he sold his soul to the socialists, the communists, and that he's actually doing everything damaging to this country and does not care. He's aware of it. Uh, so I don't think we should let him off, off scot-free. He ought to be in jail, frankly. Uh, all the criminal activities that he has undertaken as president and vice president, with the influence peddling scam with his brother and his uh, his son, Hunter, uh, and the amount of money that he got from enemies of the United States and frank, direct violation of the Foreign Emoluments Clause of the Constitution. I mean, he, he needs to account for all the criminality and, um, and you know, the fraud, the embezzlement, the, the uh, bribery, all of it that he is going to be accused of, I think, in the end. Do you see those, the, you know, the thing that happened in New York, and I know you talked to Mike Adams about this, that it was like a civil case, apparently, against Trump, that he overvalued a real estate holding, for which is the normal way of doing business, whether it's over or under, it's all subjective. And the banks, if they loan you, then they agree. Well, the bank, I mean, this is so ridiculous because he's not dealing with unsophisticated lenders, someone who just, an old lady, <laughs> old man who had a barrel of money in their house and- he came in and said, I'm going to fix your roof and took the money and then they don't have anything. No, we're talking about the most sophisticated banking institutions in the world that have risk managers and people who comb over every aspect of a loan, do due diligence on their own and determine the value of properties. They knew that the collateral that he had was of value sufficient to more than cover their notes. They never would have given him the notes. He paid back the notes. They were all happy when they testified. They said, no, we weren't defrauded at all. There's no harm here. This is entirely an academic thing uh, made up. And it doesn't even meet the elements because they, they just created this crime. This is the first time it's ever been that they prosecuted. Well, so what, what's, what's, the, what's the recourse if something like this happens? Because apparently in order to appeal, he has to keep paying interest on the money. And the uh, it's like he's put up a bond. He's got to put up a bond that is equal to the judgment. Just about that is insane. And so I guess he's going to have to put up the bond. But this is a terrible case, wrong outcome, judge who abused power, judge who had a conflict of interest. Um, Once again, they have made Trump a victim, and they've done so for patently political reasons. This is a biased prosecution, and it's not unlike any of the other three prosecutions going on. And, and, you know, when they, they say, like Governor Hochul comes out and says, hey, wait, wait, this is just about Trump. I'm like, dude, that's selective prosecution. That's not justice. And, of course, trying to calm the water so other re- developers don't leave New York City. But they, they'll do the same to you if, you don't, if they don't like you. I mean, they've set that precedent now. Well, it was the New York attorney general who vowed during her campaign to get Trump. I mean, she just made it an overt political move that she was out to get him. And, indeed, she... Uh, did, but not without the help of a judge who is hopelessly biased, who should have recused himself, never did. Trump didn't get a fair hearing. He didn't even, you know, they didn't even have a jury trial. And the fact of the matter is when you're taking someone's property away like that, 
He should have had a jury trial. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no uh, there's no justice here at all because this is a matter that should have been decided on summary judgment, cross motions for summary judgment, should have been dismissed. Uh, and this case never, ever, unprecedented as it is, should have ever reached the point where it actually had a judgment for hundreds of millions of dollars. You know the message this sends to other people in, in uh, New York? They know that they can be picked off uh, virtually with nothing even when the lenders are satisfied. I mean, no one complained, Robert. No one complained. There, there was no real victim oh. here. Uh, yeah. Jeez. Uh, this is just evidence that, you know, justice is no longer served, if you will, in the courts, particularly where you have uh, political vendettas available to you. And, you know, that's, again, whether they were targeting a Democrat this way, we would be opposed to it. You know, because I mean, that's they bad we, stand, we stand for equal justice under law. Correct. And if there was a sound basis for prosecution of Donald Trump, we'd be the first ones to say it. But this whole case was just made up. I mean, this really is a made up case. This is a sham piece of litigation because ordinarily in a situation like this, you would require at least some evidence that people who are allegedly uh, defrauded were defrauded. That is that they believed that they had wrongly been induced to give money in support of a loan that was not justified. No one here has said that. The only ones to say that are this after the fact group that includes certain experts for the the state that are looking at things post hoc and devaluing properties that were not devalued at the time. In fact, the properties in question have gone up exponentially in cost in value, excuse me. And I mean, no one who, who loaned him money said that they did not think that the loans were fully backed or that, and they, they would have done the same thing again. I mean, no one's getting hurt here. That's the problem. The only one getting hurt here is Donald Trump. When you have a case that's brought by the government with no injury to anybody, that is a political case, whether it's from the FTC, the FDA, the EPA, We've seen the weaponization of the court system. We've seen the weaponization of federal agencies, FBI inclusive, IRS, these things. You know, our founders warned us about having centralized power structures that could do this because inevitably they would do this. People would gain control of them and go, oh, I could target political opponents, my enemies. That's right. I mean, this is this is the stuff that makes for, you know, third world country type stuff. I mean, we're talking Mm -hmm. about uh, ruthless power plays designed to destroy political opponents. And that is the order of the day for the Democrats in New York City and also for the Democrats in the nation's capital. They have weaponized justice to attack their opponents. And we can't survive this if we don't have equal justice under law. This is how you bring about a totalitarian state. You, th- you throw your opponents into jail or kill them, and you instead keep in power those that are corrupt, abusing their powers, uh, and that's what we have. We have individuals who are terribly corrupt, who are calling the shots. And those people are willing to use justice in any way possible to attack enemies and to do it under a veil of legitimacy. And I mean a thin veil. We're not talking about something that they presented some sort of extraordinary justification for any of this. They don't even feel the need to do it. They just go after them. They don't care. They don't They don't feel the need to explain why they're doing things what the evidence is. They don't feel any need to explain at all. They just go out and make things up. Like Jack Smith, who's already been rebuked once by the the Supreme Court. There he is making up another case against Donald Trump. This is endless. 
I mean, this man has been persecuted and prosecuted ever since he went down that golden escalator in the Trump Tower. And now they want to take the Trump Tower and that escalator. Yeah. Yeah. Vindictiveness. And folks, uh, if you don't think, you know, look, maybe there are some, a few in the audience that might not particularly care for Trump. But remember, they could turn this on you in a heartbeat. If if this is allowed to be got, and, and as I you know said earlier, and Jonathan, you concurred, this isn't about Democrats versus Republicans. Because if there was a Democrat that was being wrongly attacked this way, even if we didn't like his or her policies, we would be opposed to it. Because equal justice under law means just that. If you don't have justice, if you don't have equal justice under law, you have nothing. Uh, yeah. You don't have the rule of law. What yeah. you have is the rule of tyrants. It's precisely against tyranny that our country was founded. We, we have to defend liberty. We have to defend rights, whether the rights of people that we don't like, they're all rights. Rights of people have to be defended and they have to be proven guilty of things. Or if it's a civil case, they, by at least a preponderance of the evidence, they have to be shown to have actually committed the offenses they're accused of. And creating law on the spot that has not been passed by a legislature in order to entrap and destroy political opponents is not my definition of justice. It is injustice. Exactly. Now, there is another court case where it's a little bit different. It seems to be there's some success happening. Uh, we have it, and Children's Health Defense, the defender, is reporting uh, that the suit, with many of our friends involved in that suit, including, of course, Bobby Kennedy, who's uh, filed this along with the Bollingers and others that uh, we know very well on, uh, on the case of government uh, intent to censor through these uh, so-called private social media companies. Federal judge Wednesday issued a preliminary injunction prohibiting key Biden administration officials and agencies from coercing or significantly encouraging social media platforms to suppress or censor online content containing protected free speech. But what does this mean? However, he also stayed the injunction until the U.S. Supreme Court rules on a similar injunction in Murphy versus Missouri. What's the what's going on with that? Well, he issued an injunction and then he stayed it pending the result of an, a similar case that's now before the Supreme Court. Um, that is something that, of course, a federal judge can do, but also he could have just stuck with his injunction and had that stand. And I think that's what he should have done. Um, the evidence is there. You meet the standard, then you should just have the injunction stay in place. There's no justification for disallowing the relief that was requested for a period of time because the standard was met for an injunction. So, I mean, you don't, the, the, in the area of the First Amendment, the Supreme Court has oftentimes said that any amount, there's no amount of time that is justified for censorship. So in mm -hmm. other words, speed, haste in ensuring that uh, relief is given is, is one of the hallmarks of the First Amendment. I mean, people may remember uh, some of them, the Pentagon Papers case, now fast that went up the appellate uh, ladder to the Supreme Court for decision. So there should be uh, rapidity in judicial assessment and in institution of remedies in an instance where there's censorship of valuable, invaluable criticism of government or men, government men and women and measures. Um, that's our right. And to allow a right to be taken from you, even for a short period of time, is irreparable injury, as the court has said many yeah. times. So Mary Holland uh, uh, said, you know, it's a good ruling, as you said, but why, again, they're waiting now for March 18th. Apparently there's hearings on the preliminary injunction. Uh, let's see, Murphy versus Missouri on March 18th in the Supreme Court. 
but yeah, you're right. Any, any uh, assault on the First Amendment, should, yeah, I, I don't get that part of the ruling. But again, it shows that there's a lot of merit, a lot of evidence to the at least initially uh, put that injunction in there. So I don't know what the Supreme Court will rule. I hope they defer to free speech and not, um, you know, not the, the what it's become the central censorship industrial complex, surreptitiously led or or attempted to be covert, but it's no longer by our government, the Biden administration attempting to suppress speech that they don't like. And that's the whole point of the First Amendment. It's not to protect speech everyone likes. Who needs protection for that? It's for this stuff, for the stuff we went through in COVID. You know, and it wasn't much different than I had been speaking about all those decades before, much less you and in your efforts. And then suddenly that became speech that was, if not right, outright considered criminal, but subject to basically elimination from the town square, which seemingly was, you know, the antithesis of everything in the First Amendment right there. Yeah, um, we have a police state operating under Joe Biden, one that censors information and weaponizes the Department of Justice to go after political enemies. And uh, does a Justice Department that sees fit to take no action against Hunter Biden, no action against Joe Biden, uh, and no action against Jim Biden, but instead, in the absence of any basis or even a uh, colorable claim, they go after Donald Trump. And that's just gross. And what's so shocking about it is how many people are involved in this, Robert, within the Department of Justice who are serving this. If you had integrity and were asked to participate in this, you would resign. So you start right off the bat with people who lack integrity who would pick this up and proceed with it. Not just those that are actually pursuing the case, but all of those others who are assisting in the assembly of the materials and helping prepare and pursue these cases that lack merit. Uh, and it's persecution. It really is. It's an attempt to bankrupt Trump. It's an attempt to take away his resources necessary to run his reelection campaigns, very clearly election interference. And um, I think the American people are wise enough to see through this and to take action at the polls and to wipe Joe Biden off the dais as president of the United States and put Donald Trump back in power. I think that's what's going to happen. We, we pray that there's actually an election at this point because seemingly there's no bounds with which the Biden administration is willing to operate uh, to suppress freedom in America on many levels. And, you know, many of the things that are laid against Trump, oh, he's going to do this, oh, he's going to do it. He didn't do it in his first term. Nancy Pelosi trying to label Trump as some sort of a boss, uh, a thug, or a um, fascist. And then you have... Joe Biden doing exactly what she's saying. I mean, you have no evidence that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians, yet she makes that suggest that he's still colluding with Russians, even though he never colluded with the Russians. And you have Joe Biden, who actually did, who actually uh, colluded with oligarchs in Russia and the Ukraine, and also with uh, the uh, communists and the CCP, and did so for his own personal financial benefits, selling out the country in the process. I mean, that is a person who is a total traitor. I mean, he betrayed the United States. And you uh, stand in defense of that individual uh, while at the same time you condemn an innocent man, not only an innocent man, but a man who actually has fought for American interests against the rest of the world, against Putin in particular, who actually was feared by Putin, who would not have been 
uh, Putin would not have ever intervened in the Ukraine if Trump were still president, would not have happened. The, the reality is that the sellout here is Joe Biden. The traitor on the substantive issues is Joe Biden and the Biden family for their own profit. And as a result, you see the world going nuts, taking advantage of the United States, killing over 50 Americans, attacking, excuse me, over 50 American uh, installations in the Middle East, as well as um, uh, invading the Ukraine, keeping the Ukraine going on, threatening to invade Taiwan, uh, all of the activities against Israel, including the Hamas invasion of Israel and the Hezbollah invasion of Israel and the whole um, attack on Israelis around the world, as well as on Christians and the rest of the world, all of that and anti-Semitism on the rise in the United States and elsewhere around the world. All of that is because Biden has projected profound weakness, has shown sympathy to the enemies of the United States, actually enabled them to obtain riches and to finance their terrorism against the United States and against our forces, our troops, our own people. An open border policy, which no one in the world can comprehend. Yeah, that was the other thing. You talk about invasion of other countries. Members. What about invasion of ours? Um, you know, there's more and more video evidence coming in, like people coming across. What was this uh, statistic, Super Don? You you showed me this earlier. Check out the number. The numbers coming. I think this was just coming through San Diego. Um, the numbers of people coming from where they came from uh, illegally, just crossing over. Twenty eight thousand in Colombia. I was in Colombia. It was lovely. It wasn't like. Pablo Escobar years anymore, Jonathan, when I was there, it was fine. But China, second on the list, more than they're coming through Mexico and there's fewer Mexicans coming in than Chinese. How the heck are these? And we're not we're not just talking about any old Chinese person. We're talking about Chinese people who are young, physically fit and meet the profile of military age. How, how do they PLA members? How do they are invading our country? This is an invasion. This I mean, think about the they have allegiance to China. They are not asked to renounce that allegiance. No, they're not at all. But Jonathan, China, they're agents of a foreign power that is an enemy of the United States. And Joe Biden is letting them come in. Well, I, I was right there in the San Diego sector. I saw all these. Yeah, you did. Now, there. China, you can't just leave China if you're a Chinese citizen. No, the, you they, they the don't have that kind of freedom. Secrets it, under two Chinese laws, they are required to engage in espionage for China if requested by the Ministry of State Secrets. These people are here. I mean, I was just sent by a person over there who I can't mention a videotape of a, a pontoon boat, uh, all black with a big engine on the back of it plowing into La Jolla, California, one of the richest places in California, with these people standing out there with their dogs on the beach and their shorts and standing around as as some some 40 different males come out of that thing dressed all in black with black hoods over their heads, running into the community and dispersing as a police cruiser, California cruiser with its lights on just sits there and it's a it's a sanctuary state, so no arrests, and they go invading the country. Now that's not those people are not just uh, your typical you know somebody who's looking for an economic opportunity. No, they're agents of a foreign power. They are there to do some evil. Exactly what it is, we'll find out. But we don't know what it is at the outset, and no one arrests them. Well, check out what if they, get, if they get to New York, Jonathan. Check this out. Uh, not only will they be given the, the the freedom to vote 
although I think there was a court case that might have ruled it unconstitutional, which is duh. But apparently uh, the mayor of New York says that uh, he's got uh, preloaded debit cards for these illegal migrants worth up to 10 grand. How do we sign up for that, Jonathan? Uh, I don't know, Robert. We'll have to go across the border and come through illegally and then we'll be fine. Um, Look, I saw down there in the human processing centers, Robert, they are giving them welfare, signing them up for welfare, food stamps, Medicare. Uh, They give them cash. A family of four gets over $3,000 in cash. They ask them where they want to go in the United States. And then they have fully federally funded non-governmental organizations that buy their tickets and send them by bus, train, or plane, wherever they want to go. They have cell phones that have, uh, you know, um, trackers in them, but they can take the trackers out and the cell phone still works. And the cell phones themselves, they switch. So you can't even follow them by following the cell phones. And they're just letting them go. And they're going all over and they form this massive underground economy, something 20 to 30 million illegal immigrant immigrants in this massive underground economy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's this is an outrage. I mean, look, we are paying about one hundred thousand dollars a year for each one of these people, given all the benefits we're getting. This, this money apparently could rise to two point five billion dollars if if yeah. indeed it's. You know, the 10 grand. That's not taking into account all the money they're giving to the non-governmental organizations. Right. Exactly. And And, uh, NGOs are feeding them also. Yeah. They're giving them, you know, all sorts of things. They're helping them get into institutions for federally funded education. I mean, I'm talking about the gross value. If you break it into a per capita unit of everything, of the funded education, of the funded Mm -hmm. medical care, of the of the welfare, of the food stamps, of the cash, of the transportation. We're talking about a lot of money for every single one of these illegal immigrants seeking asylum. Where is New York really City? The whole thing is a joke. They're not really seeking asylum. No. They're coming here to stay regardless of whether they seek asylum. They don't want to, they, they rarely will appear at these hearings, if ever. And the hearings, they all know it's a joke. They know it's a joke, and so do the people who conduct the hearings. Everybody knows it's a joke, except the Biden administration, which pretends through Mayorkas that the borders are secure. I mean, he's a complete idiot if he thinks we're going to believe that. And he's a globalist. He's not doesn't believe in the United States, doesn't believe in the Constitution, doesn't believe in the rule of law, doesn't believe in immigration law, violates it all with impunity. He was impeached for it. But, you know, the Senate will not even put it up, put him up for a vote on removal. And he'll be there to the end of the administration. And all the while, he's just going to keep that open border and let every enemy of the United States come in here. And I'm telling you, Robert, there's so many enemies of the United States in this country, not only the overt terrorists on the terrorist watch list, but all the other terrorists that are agents of the cartels all throughout the United States. And they are committing acts of terror, murder, mayhem. They are causing sex trafficking, drug trafficking, over 130,000 People died of fentanyl last year. That's going to go up by 60% this coming year as predicted. Uh, we're talking about really a full-blown assault by invaders of the United States on our people, their lives, their liberties, and their property. And no defense from this administration, not one bit. And every incentive given to illegals to keep coming, keep mm. coming every single day, keep coming in larger and larger and larger numbers. When we talk the party politics 
you know, as we, we know where we lean in, in terms of constitution and all of that. And, you know, I'd say to in, evaluate and investigate those who are running for office as individuals. And then you can look at party affiliation as well, of course. But I don't understand how Democrats who say they are for the little people, uh, whether that's actually true or not. I think the rank and file people going, yeah, I want to help people that are poor. Right. So they look at it a different way than we might. But at the same time, how would you vote for anybody that's supporting just free money for people coming here? What about the people that are suffering genuinely in our country? Nothing well, that's a question to Tim Kaine. I mean, the point about Tim Kaine is that he supported all of this. He still does. He said that Mayorkas is doing a fantastic job. Okay, anyone will say that, and anyone who's so closely affiliated with the Soros family, with Alex Soros, George Soros, who believes in that globalist agenda, is an enemy of the United States, is a person who's betraying our country. And that's what he's done in every one of his votes. I mean, you can't just sit there for six years and do absolutely nothing to protect the borders of the United States and say that you're doing a wonderful job. When the borders are wide open and when every person who means to do us ill is allowed to come right across. And it's not just people, Robert. There are 10,000, 20,000 drones that are going over the border every single day. Some of those are undoubtedly from foreign countries. A lot of them are from the cartels and some of them from the cartels are for foreign countries. And they're not only coming across uh, to drop drugs, a lot of them do that, but a lot of them are also there for surveillance, not just to identify where uh, the CBP agents are so that they can circumvent them and getting into the country if they want to for you know, patently criminal invasion mm -hmm. purposes, but also to enable foreign countries to discover the weaknesses of the United States, particularly ones that are paying the cartels. So you've got all these enemies in the United States taking advantage of this. You've got Iran, you have North Korea, you have China, uh, you have Russia. I mean, uh, who wouldn't? If you're an enemy of the United States, you would be a complete idiot not to take full advantage of our open borders. You'd be a complete idiot. There's no better time right now for enemies in the United States to destroy this country than, than the present because we have no border security, none. And this administration does not care, not at all. And they'll let our whole country be destroyed and they will benefit from it because they'll increase their power. If we're panicking, if we're having so much crime and so much ruination, we will look to them for security. We will go to the government, not you and me, but a lot of people will say, hey, look, I'm in trouble. I need help. Uh, my property's been taken. What are you going to do? How are you going to help me? And there will be the Democrats and there will be the president of the United States. And he'll say, well, we are going to make this sector, we're going to put it under martial law because that's the only way we can protect you. Mm -hmm. So you will have no liberty. We will tell you when you can go to work, where you can go to work, the mask you have to wear, the vaccine you have to take. The whole course of your life we will lay out for you. This isn't just a single instance of an emergency where we're going to declare martial law. No, no. The martial law declaration in this instance will be the end of the republic and yeah. the start of a new centralized totalitarian regime. And that's what they want. Because, look, it's not just the borders. It's everything. Everything that can hurt America, they're allowing to happen. And they're either incentivizing it to happen, or they are removing all barriers to it happening. And, and that's why we have rampant crime. That's why we have rampant inflation. That's why gas prices are going through the roof. 
That's why you can't afford your groceries. That's why you can't be secure anywhere in this country anymore because illegal aliens are now in a massive population and they're not just illegal aliens who are here for a job. They form an underground economy and they're being paid wages through that underground economy that's unaffordable. So they're given welfare, they get wages when they go to work that are sub-minimum wage because they're working illegally. So they get to pay them whatever they want. And then those people are quote unquote exploited, except to the extent that they can find more illegal activity. And that means drug trafficking, sex mm -hmm. trafficking, working with the gangs, working with terrorists. So they're, you know, they're, they're creating an environment of constant incentive to break the law and attack American citizens' interests. And they are, they are making us third-class citizens in favor of an illegal universe of those they don't prosecute for crime, of those who they put in sanctuary states and cities, of those who are political advocates of the destruction of the United States who they won't prosecute, who burn down buildings, destroy churches, go at cost the police and murder police. And wh where's the prosecution? Where are they being arrested? Where are they not being let loose on bail? Or bail at all? Let me know if you don't figure out this already, y'all, why we need Jonathan E. Moore in the U.S. Senate. It's not only about the Democrats. There are certainly Republicans that have their head up there. You know what? And I'm going to say it like that because this is just annoying as all get out. Because it, for those of you who say, I would never comply with a martial law thing. How would they ever do it anyway? Well, one word is the four. It's actually more than one word, but central bank digital currency, CBDCs. That would be the key. To, be, to making all of that possible, because then you would not have another option in terms of the economy and interface to get paid to, to buy things. They will shut you out, shut you down, just like they've tar targeted Trump through the courts. But now they can go down to the, the the basic poorest among us that have any ability to do anything. You will get the CBDCs that we give you, but only if you comply with getting the latest the next greatest shot like you said this is not you know because a lot of people are going that will never happen jonathan it's like no it won't on its own but there are other factors at play here and there's an article we have from zero hedge by tyler durden talking about the authoritarian totalitarian crypto dollar might come to uh, the reality before the election because the Biden administration is all in on it. But as we yeah. look at this article, which was originally uh, at the Brownstone Institute, we have Aaron Day, which we're going to try and get on the show. He's He's been at this for like a long time and he's even running for president. I don't know how serious he is, but, seri but he's serious about the CBDC issue. He's talked to Vivek and I've heard Trump come out against it. I've heard Bobby Kennedy come out against it. Thank God. But Biden and the Democrats, by and large, all for this thing. And as, he, as this guy has said, as he's gone to various politicians, both Democrat and Republican, even a lot of Republicans, Jonathan, don't know about how dangerous CBDCs are. You got to get in there and educate them. Robert, this is the end of individual liberty. If you have a central digital banking currency, you have instantaneous government tracking of every expenditure that you make. Uh, and it enables the government to determine how you spend your money in real time and to categorize you. And if you think that politicians who have abused the tax code to go after enemies historically, all the way back, way back, but even in the Johnson administration, the Kennedy administration, the Nixon administration, if you think these politicians are not gonna abuse the richest source of information about you and your life, um, you're delusional. 
And the only reason to have a government central digital banking currency is to control you. That's the only reason why government should do it because government doesn't have to be in the banking business. You can have private digital currencies. You can have that and protect it with laws that allow for protection of your most confidential information from the government. What this is, is a grant of perpetual invasion of privacy, whereby nothing you do can be out of the government's purview. They will see everything. And so, for example, if the government declares another health emergency under the WHO and the CDC cooperates and they, they say every yet you got the brainless Joe Biden getting his 750th uh, booster, getting up there and saying, OK, we have a health emergency. Every American citizen must be vaccinated. We will. We insist upon that. If you don't, you're a threat. Well, and your money so will be turned off. Yeah, they do. Well, that's right. Then what they do is you go and you try to get on transportation. Oh, can't you can't uh, get on transportation. You can't drive in uh, the city. You cannot do get on the train or whatever. The metro. Why? Because you failed to meet the qualifications. Because to be on the metro, you have to be vaccinated. Well, we know you weren't. Well, we also know that you didn't do X, Y, and Z, that your doctor didn't prescribe the right drug, that you did not buy the prescribed drug, that whatever. And they'll know that instantaneously so that they'll be immediately able to categorize you as the unwashed and the sinner who is to be condemned and not allowed to buy things at the grocery store, get on the transportation. This is just one example. You can do this in any number of situations where suddenly the government says, okay, you people in the United States or in this part of the United States must do X, Y, and Z. You must do it because it's essential. So for example, uh, they could say, for example, all right, we have a housing crisis. Here we are in Los Angeles. And if you have an extra room in your house, I, as the mayor or the governor, uh, believe that it's essential that that room be available for a migrant, an illegal immigrant, because of the immigrant crisis. And we cannot afford to pay for the space, so we're going to impose essentially a tax on you to make it available. Well, how did they discover whether or not you have seven rooms in your house, whatever? Well, because you pay a mortgage and because the mortgage information will also be capable of being uh, discovered. And so what do you do? Well, they know that you have children off at, at college because that's where they're spending their money and that you no longer have, you're an empty nester. We have three rooms in your house. So, well, now there's a mandate that you allow illegal immigrants into your house. So it's that kind of thing. And don't, you know, does anybody think Gavin Newsom wouldn't do that? Oh, good Lord. And and so you give them the tools to create totalitarianism in a heartbeat and they will take it and they will use it. They will create totalitarianism and they will run every aspect of your life. You think if they tell you you can't have a gasoline uh, driven vehicle? in X number of years that you can only buy an electric vehicle regardless of the price, because that's in the best interest of the environment, that they can't also tell you that you have to redesign your house to remove the fireplace that's there, or that you have to redesign your house so that you don't have a dishwasher or a washing machine or a refrigerator. Oh my gosh. Right. It's because all these things are evil because they hurt the environment just as much as a gas, a lean driven car. And they're your very act of breathing out CO2 and, you know, the limit your behavior, they realize the critical way that they can succeed is by shutting you down and locking you out of the economy through digital currencies. 
not yep. private. I'm more talking about government sanctioned, internationally sanctioned, globalist well, sanctioned. Look at this. So they get the they get this information and then they share it with the agencies of the federal government for enforcement, right? So the agencies of the federal government are doing various things all the time, looking for information to enforce against individuals and corporations, businesses of one kind or another. And they get this information about you. So, for example, you you uh, you know you have a, a a store and you sell you you have a, a garage and you and you have a service where you uh, change oil. Well, let's say that they discover, based on the the centralized digital banking currency information, that a, a high volume of people are going to your business to have oil changes. Well, then they inform the EPA that this garage is doing a lot of oil changes and that there might be evidence of spillage or other improper disposal of the used oil. Well, now they have a new source of information that they can use to go and, and find out about that. Without that, they would have to kind of hit and miss. But with that, they can get information referred based on algorithms that says, go and check this house, go and check this garage, go and do this, so that you end up with absolutely everything under constant scrutiny by the federal government. Yeah, well, there's no due and process. Government privacy. Government, all coordinated. Yeah. 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 And so we, we must uh, at the state level as well. And folks, I know many of you are doing that, connecting with your representatives at the state level and putting them on the CBDC issue. And there are a number of states that are looking and some have already declared they're not going to allow the definition of a dollar to be digital, et cetera. Uh, so there are state level actions. In the meantime, we'll still work at that federal level, get Jonathan E. Moore in the U.S. Senate to impart uh, for the, those few who are there that know this more strength and backing and knowledge and, and ability to, to spread the word. Because I believe that once people realize this is happening, unless they have overt nefarious schemes, they're going to have to get on board and go, uh-uh, we're not doing that. And then on the other front, why are we even part of the World Health Organization? Much less the so-called uh, changes to the international health regulations, the IHR. You know, why? Why? Since when have we made the determination? I didn't see it happen. Biden made it on his own, apparently. But we as a people have never made the determination that we are incapable uh, as a country of uh, enabling the free enterprise system to give medical care to people and get to their best interests. In other words, where did we make the determination that pursuit of a patient's best interest is not something for a patient with their chosen healthcare professional, but is something to be decided in the first instance by central government authority outside the United States that we will follow doggedly, regardless of what our own predilections are as a patient or as a doctor. That is what they're, they're doing. They're saying they so believe in centralized government control, so believe in a globalist agenda, that they're willing to transfer the basic decisions on your healthcare from you and your doctor to the World Health Organization. That's what they're doing. If they can do it in a medical emergency, that's the start. A medical emergency is what? It's whatever they want to call an emergency. So they call it an emergency and suddenly it's no longer the subject of your free choice with your own healthcare professional. Well, you know what? As government goes, and as the history of government tells us, that will soon be every medical decision. They'll do it by this way. They'll say that other decisions affect the ultimate care you receive for a medical emergency, such that all of it has to be scrutinized in the first instance, and then all of it has to be regulated. Because the other care you receive is adjunctive care, which can in some way influence or affect the ultimate care you get. So we'll look at everything. 
and we'll tell your doctor exactly what your doctor needs to do for you. And you will have no choice. You either get it or you don't. Yeah. Johnson, if, and then if you don't, you're going to be a marked person, remember. Yeah. And they also are talking not only about essential digital banking currency, but also about uh, medical identification cards. Right. Your entire medical history electronically encoded so that wherever you go instantaneously, we know whether you are vaxxed. Mm-hmm. We yeah, know access to medical records, yeah. you know, injection du jour that uh, the government wants you to have. I mean, we're, I, I listen to this. I step back and I listen to this, Jonathan. I'm thinking we're talking about dystopian science fiction novels of the future from the past. Right now. And no, it's manifesting right now unless you stop it. Every one of you step it, step up and go, uh-uh, no, that's not that's not the we country. We have a rights renaissance where we demand that government respect our sovereignty and our rights and be our servant, not our master. This government is going to be our master and is going to enslave us and is going to dictate to us exactly what we do. And it will start with these things called emergencies and it will expand in every aspect. Always with, yeah. The emergencies are an excuse. I've talked about this you know, under various studies that I've done reading, you know, Vattel and others. I mean, the things we didn't learn in school and most people have to go out of the way to find out about law of nation stuff. And, you know, the idea of an emergency always results in more centralized powers uh, growing in the government, even in one that was founded. There's nothing in in our constitution that takes and suspends the entire bill of rights uh, based on a medical emergency. There's no right. virus exception to the Bill of Rights. There's nothing that says that exactly. any disease is a justification to render you free of any uh, uh, limitation on government power such that the government can enslave you. That doesn't. Have, there's nothing like that in the Constitution. In fact, the Constitution stands for the opposite proposition. But <clears throat> what they want to do is just seize power. And this is what communists do. They lie to you, and as they did with COVID, they lie to you. They tell you that this thing is, uh, if you get the shot, you won't get the virus. If you get the shot, you won't carry the virus. If you get the shot, you'll have better immunity than if you if you got it naturally. Um, and if you don't get the shot, you are inherently a threat to everyone else, whether you have the disease or not, if you don't get the shot. These are political decisions. These are propagandistic models of centralization of government control that were adopted from the CCP here in our own country during COVID. And they followed the Chinese model, the lockdown model, which is not the model that is helping people. Look at China today. I mean, the worst infections of COVID were in China, not as a result of the fact that uh, they had a an effective system, which remember all the CDC people were all applauding the Chinese system for boy. Well, they wish they oh, could implement here. Right. Yeah, taking away everyone's liberty and throwing them in in uh, buildings and keeping them there. How effective! And that will lock them away from this horrible virus. Well, you know what it did? It made them more vulnerable to it. So that then when they finally did come out, they start getting it right and left. And so we have this whole uh, infection crazy thing going on in China and. Here we have the, the second wave and the third wave of the endemic phase of this virus. And people are getting sick with new forms of flu that are infected with the virus in one manner or another. That's part of the morphing of the virus into the general population of, of viruses that we call the flu. And um, it's not as severe as, as uh, Delta. And it is severe for some people, just like the flu is for some people, generally speaking. But... The fact of the matter is that 
the government created this monster through gain-of-function research under Fauci, who should be incarcerated, who betrayed the United States, the worst betrayal in American history, and the government is perpetuating it. Well, and the government attacked any of us who proffered options for health and healing when it wasn't sanctioned by their own FDA emergencies. I mean, th- th- again, anathema- they lied to us about ivermectin. They lied to us about hydroxychloroquine. They they tried to make the COVID vaccine the end all be all when we needed early treatments, when we needed the discretion of physicians to tailor treatments to the unique uh, symptoms manifesting themselves because each person's symptomology with this thing is different because it's an inflammation reaction Mm -hmm. in their brain or in their lungs or in their kidneys or in their liver or in their spleen or wherever it was that there was this massive for you incredibly important inflammation reaction they they basically dumbed down medical care so that you were either on a ventilator or you weren't so that you were you had to be vaccinated and if you weren't you could be denied medical care and on and on and on and on interfering with doctors discretion and healthcare professionals discretion locking basically destroying the professions of doctors who dared prescribe ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine saving people's lives they completely ignored the evidence from those countries that relied heavily on ivermectin where they had the lowest levels of death associated with covid and they completely discount that and basically say that's not any any evidence whatsoever the effectiveness of ivermectin no or as i've said even if it weren't that i have friends that developed an herbal version of ivermectin that had great success even when ivermectin didn't work but you know, not only did they attack the drug that was already approved and on the market that had a low uh, toxicological profile, in other words, a, a pretty good safety profile for a drug, but anything else that would compete with that was also considered. And they had they targeted people who dared to utter the word COVID and silver, for instance, in one sentence, you know, whether you believe it's uh, yeah. efficacious or not. Well, they and remember at the start of this thing, they said, well, you know, people who have a uh, strong immune system are going to have less adverse effects and those who have comorbidities are going to have a hard time of it. Well, based on that, you would think that the government would allow people to say what immune enhancing substances there are in nature and that those things ought to be taken and exercise and other things might enhance your immune function and good night's sleep and so forth, whatever. No, as soon as companies started to say that products had an immune effect, they were uh, immediately attacked by the government that said, no, you may not say that. that the, and they rid from the market any competition to this mantra that they had. First, they said something like 65% of Americans need to be vaccinated and that will give us adequate immunity. Then they said, no, 75%. Then they said, no, 85%. Then they said every single person, regardless of age, has to be vaccinated. And it's just insane. What they did was turn a industry into the most wealthy industry ever imaginable by making a single shot, two shots, the end all be all of the treatment of a disease that they scared the living daylights out of the American people about. And they lied about the disease and they they lied about masking and they lied about um, natural immunity. And natural immunity has proven to be the greatest uh, defense for exactly. ever. 
And well, it, it competes with government sanctioned medicine, your immune system. Therefore, they want to eradicate it. Uh, don't let them <laughs> give your body what it needs. Get rid of what it doesn't. And let's get Jonathan E. Moore in the United States Senate in Virginia, benefiting us all everywhere uh, as he's beaten back at the FDA world record eight times in court, finding out that they didn't care that they lost in court. So there's got to be another level of act- action and activity. And Jonathan's taking it on. Where are you going to be this evening, Jonathan? Where are you headed? So I'm going to be in Emporia and Greensville, Virginia, speaking to the GOP there. Okay. And uh, and also there'll be a lot of people there collecting signatures for the campaign. But getting back to that, really, we really need the help of volunteers. Put that number up uh, for Jonathan. Yes. For those of you inside or outside Virginia, you might want to travel to Virginia and help out. Yes, you can do that. Call 202-466-6937 and get there on the ground. I'm going to try and do that uh, sometime in the latter part, I think in March we were talking about, because we want to get it done in March, get all those signatures for Jonathan so he overcomes the hurdles of anti-competitiveness against incumbents like uh, Tim Kaine, who never met a globalist agenda he didn't support. Uh, and Dr. Baratero is coming too, by the way, Robert. We're going to have uh, my buddy Paul on as well. I'm hoping to get him on the show tomorrow. He's at a conference in Vegas right now, and I'm prepared. I've been training for my 58 burpees tomorrow. Get ready. We'll get <laughs> it on and uh keep stay strong jonathan i know you will love to your whole family and thank you for rekindling the sacred fire of liberty every time you're on with me on thursdays you bet robert thanks so much all right we got a lot more healing to go including a very special guest i don't think she's been on the show yet i mean i met her a a few times now uh emmy robin is scheduled she's a doula she's also a a profoundly excellent actor and she's in the protocol seven film by andy wakefield we're going to hear from her uh next hour let's see what else we got a homeopathic hit of the day we got questions of the day coming from you and uh, let's see oh there's measles we got a measles discussion but it's a different kind of discussion because Dr. Joseph Latipo has something to say about it. That's going to be cool, too. So stick around for that and a whole lot more. RobertScottBell.com slash watch dash listen. Now that's where you can go. But there's also a more tab. There's a lot more. We'll go through the website, upcoming events. Say thanks to those that make this message of health, freedom, and healing, liberty possible. Two hours a day, five days a week live, additional hour on Sundays. And thank you for being here. God bless you. We'll be right back. The power to heal is yours. You know, it's funny, uh, Super Don uh, did the, this uh, uh, little video montage. He played it the other day like uh, I was training to fight Ivan Drago in Rocky Four, right? As I'm training to do 58 burpees tomorrow morning all in a row before the song Thunderstruck by ACDC is over. My plan is get it done, 58, get it done, right? Right then and there. And we might live stream it. Anyway, it was funny because you know how friends post stuff. We got it onto Instagram. And uh, one of my friends, Berlin, says, you're a breast. Way to go. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm a breast. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Super Don. The only thing that would make sense to me is she meant to say beast, but somehow the R got in there. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes yes. sense. Yeah. You know, that's been my journey. Well, yeah. See, if you look at the keyboard, it'd be yes. e, the E and the R are next to each other. Right. So I think she fat fingered the, like, the keyboard and, and, <laughs> Made it a breast it made, instead of a beast. It made yes. me laugh so loud. I was like, yes, that's been my goal all along to become a breast. Anyway, Robert, Robert uh, Scott, Robert Scott boob. 
And by the way, yes. you can't, men, you cannot breastfeed. I don't care what hormones they give you. That's just a lie. It's a deception. I don't even know why I have to say that, but regardless. You have uh, to say that because there's crazy people out there. Yeah. That's why you have to say that. I, I thought it was a joke, but I, apparently there, I, I can't remember who it was. Somebody <laughs> was trying to put out this official narrative that, uh, that trans men that take the hormones and, and stuff, it, that it's the same as women. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. I mean, really? Yeah. I think they've been drinking too much RBGH in their you know, factory fed car, cow milk or something. What a mess. <sighs> Good Lord. Anyway, we got a great hour. Emmy Robbins scheduled to join us this hour. Looking forward to that. Uh, we got a homeopathic hit that does relate to connective tissue, bone health, teeth health, all of that stuff, and more. Connective tissue issues, vascular, et cetera. And I think you're going to like that one. Uh, before we get there, I know we're going to talk about uh, Florida and, and the, the measles issue and how one Surgeon General stands against everybody. I mean, this guy... I'm so impressed with him. We've had him on a couple of times. We've had his wife on. Uh, did I say it right, Doctor Latipo? Yes. Don't don't don't, don't mess yourself up again. Just, up. just go with Latipo. Right? Yeah, I blame you. You know that the first time, right before we go to air, you say it wrong just to, just to mess with me, and yeah. it, it took months to overcome that. This is the kind of producer I have. That's why that one stuck with you for a while. That's true. It did. It did. I, I partly because I couldn't believe we were going to talk to a Surgeon General first, and second that. He has common sense, intellectual integrity, and an awesome wife that probably encouraged it too. Uh, but anyway, so we'll get to that story in a moment. I, we got a, a few housekeeping things we got to do. This Saturday, that's coming up two days from now, if you're listening or watching live, February 22nd is the next AMA, Zoom Ask Me Anything, a Zoom meeting where we get to see one another. It's a Saturday event. It's noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. That's the 24th of February. If I am able to make it through 58 burpees tomorrow, we'll see you on Saturday. But you got to become a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show. It's not that hard. And then you have access to all kinds of awesome stuff, too. And we do a lot of giveaways. It's just fun. If you have questions that I don't have time or just it's too deep and I can't answer it on the air, that's where we get to go into it. So it's really worthwhile. And I love it. And it's not just you. It's no, the whole right. community. I mean, yeah. somebody has a question, a challenge or something like that, and they throw it out there. And it's just it's like a group effort. Mm -hmm. to try and answer that question and help people out. It's a really cool, really cool dynamic. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Our, and we do have people that stay up late in Europe to join us, which is kind of fun. Uh, the Saturday events are not as late for them. When we do the weeknight events once in a month, we kind of flip and flop between them each month. So that's coming up. Uh, also, the upcoming events tab, uh, the, the first one coming up is actually anecdotals, the screening. Actually, before that, I believe. Well, no, that. actually, hold on. Let's see what? here. I just want to throw this out here. It might be out of order, but I just okay. want to make sure we hit this, that we finally got oh, uh, yes. an announcement. Uh, so this is actually on the 29th, but we've got our next Cardio Miracle webinar coming up. And there will be an email going out very soon. So if you haven't signed up for the newsletter and gotten on our list, uh, you want to do that so you can get that email that will have all the particulars on that. So on Leap Day, we're going to continue beyond the show, and we're going to do the nerve-tingling truth of vascular health. If you guys want to go deep on that, I'll be there with my buddy Josh Hewlett, maybe other special guests. We'll see. And that's going to be a lot of fun. You'll have an email going out. If you're part of the newsletter subscription base for free, you can text RSB to 66866. Send RSB, my initials, to 66866, and you'll get prompted to enter your email address, and you'll be in. And you'll get the uh, receipt of notice, and you'll get plugged in for free. And we'll go deep on that one. But uh, first up, uh, screenings in Arizona. 
Sunday, there's a screening down in Tucson. I won't be at that one, but still, if you're down in Tucson, it'll be great. Jen Sharp and the Children's Health Defense crew in Arizona are hosting a screening, and that's uh, February 25th, Sunday. I'll be at the one in Phoenix or Chandler, Arizona, Tuesday, February 27th at 4 o'clock. Earlier that day at the same place, Faith Family Church, I'll be broadcasting live from before the event starts. So I look forward to that. And those of you at Sonoran University, it's a naturopathic school there in, in the Phoenix area, I believe Tempe. I'll be there on uh, the following day. That would be Wednesday, the 28th. And then back in time for a live broadcast in studio on the 29th. And then the uh, big uh, uh, cardiovascular discussion on Cardio Miracle, nitric oxide, and more. And then I was just on with uh, Terry and Stu Warner, their show. We have the World Wellness Weekend Health and Freedom Summit. That's uh, March 7th through 10th in the Atlanta area. Those of you on uh, click on that or just link to it worldwellnessweekend.com that's the 7th through the 10th then stick around Lake Lanier Islands just outside of Atlanta March 14th through 17th the big one the third annual Next Steps Conference with Tia Severino and a lot of my friends going to be there I hope you'll be there too and that's going to be the 14th through 17th I'll be speaking on the 14th on health healing and on detoxification who knows what else it'll be great Next Steps next-steps.org then we have the Be Healthy Utah 2024 event April 19th and 20th in Sandy that's a suburb of Salt Lake Liana Werner Gray is also confirmed to speak uh, from the Earth Diet and more. Uh, and she's wonderful. That'll be fun to catch up with her. We got the RSB Show Family Reunion, uh, June 14th through 16th. It's a lot of homesteading things on the, uh, the Joplin, the Goodies Family Farm there, homestead. Also, simultaneous to that is the, uh, the Red Pill Expo up in... Uh, South Dakota. Also, Trinity Health Freedom Expo has been moved from October to September, and it's been moved from Chicago to Indianapolis. So plan to be there as a free shuttle from the airport in Indianapolis to get to that event. And yes, plan ahead. I know that's a long time from now, but things are moving rapidly. And uh, another shout out to Bob Reorin and her, and uh, um, well, my mom, again, dancing at 90. Why? Big problem. She was losing energy. She was suffering through the COVID crazy years with or without COVID. And the uh, the, the folium came through two weeks into using the folium PX original. She was gaining her energy back. She got her sleep and she is now, you know, at 90, she's back dancing. So it's great to see, go to info at folium PX. If you want to send an email, ask questions of Bobbery, foliumpx.com for the folium original folium immuno and folium relax. And with that, let's quickly dive into the opening story in hour two, and then we'll get to uh, Emmy uh, Robin here. Unvaccinated Florida kids exposed to measles can skip quarantine. Officials say this is on Tuesday. Nearly, uh, let's see, apparently nearly 20% of the school's 1,667 students were reportedly absent. I don't know if they all had measles or if they were afraid of the measles, but this is coming out of, uh, let's see, Florida's Manatee Bay Elementary School outside of Fort Lauderdale. I used to be down there. A six student confirmed case of measles. Um, health officials, though, are not telling the unvaccinated uh, who were potentially exposed that they had to quarantine. Now, what's really fascinating about this, of course, is that there is a hyper irrational fear of measles. The history of measles, particularly in the 20th century, was a precipitous decline in mortality rates due to measles, much less incidence rates, but mostly mortality because measles is a naturally acquired, if they call it an infection, but it's a rite of passage and it arguably helps developmental milestones of, of immune system development and liver function development and other things. And the suppression of the expression of or the real exposure to wild type measles has really done a number on developing immune systems and liver health among kids growing into adulthood. And it also makes it much more severe when adults do 
are exposed to these things that they don't have normal or natural immunity to, only artificial immunity to. So it isn't the people who have not gotten injected that are the problem. It's all of those who have received the synthetic variety, the artificial variety, the man-made variety, if you will, that's put into the vaccine that you can't get a measles vaccine, by the way. It's measles, mumps, and rubella. And what's interesting about the three-pronged approach here of doing this, the Protocol 7 movie that my guest Emmy is, is in, it's all about the, the, the illegality, the scams, the skullduggery that Merck was involved in, in suppressing the information of the fact that the mumps portion of the MMR did not elicit antibody response. So they had to spike the rabbit's blood to show it so that uh, Merck could maintain a monopoly on the MMR shot. And of course, it's a sort of a fictionalized version in a real drama. It looks great. I saw the trailer. I can't wait to see it and get it out there. We'll hear more about the process of making it as well from Emmy uh, Robin in just a moment. But this is a groundbreaking moment in the history of modern history of the United States, where a Surgeon General in one state says, "Uh, uh-uh, we are not going to exclude people simply from school simply because they haven't received the vaccine." They're not the ones that are a problem or nor necessarily at risk. Recognizing the reality of measles is not as Paul Offit would have you believe it or other people like him, but in reality, a strengthening of the immune system. Now, if you lived in abject squalor, if you were so burdened with multiple comorbidities as an infant, as a child, and you had no nutrition, clearly measles could be a problem for you, but anything could be a problem for you and probably is, but they don't ever put that in context. They say across the board, it's dangerous. It's deadly. You're going to die. Like they say about everything, because the only thing they have to go on is fear, not sound scientific reasoning, logic, or even clinical observations that bring to light the fact that measles is an important milestone in the development of children, their immune system, liver health, and more. So I'll put that aside from now unless Emmy wants to comment on it. And we'll welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show for the first time, Emmy Robin. She's also a doula. For those of you who don't know what a doula is, it's not somebody in the boxing ring necessarily, although it feels like if I was ever tried to give birth, I, I, I'd be dead. Men would be dead. We couldn't handle birth like women can. There are stories of such strength, tenacity, beyond my capacity to understand or conceive of because I'm not a woman. Yeah, I said that. And it's okay if I'm not. And <laughs> it's okay that Emmy is. I'm glad she is, in fact. And she probably is too. Emmy Robin, welcome what? to the Robert Scabell Show. You're a breast. <laughs> I'm a breast. Yes. <laughs> I just like, I laughed. Oh, it was so funny. And uh, anyway, th- so this great. is the fun stuff we get to do and say and have and all of that. And I'm glad that you're on the show. It's so good to see you. When was, where were we? What city was that? San Antonio for that event? San Antonio. Yeah. Yes, symposium. That was uh, Tracy Slepsevic brought us all together and it was wonderful and great to see you as well. And I know there's so much I want to to learn from you about the doula stuff as well as the movie. So let's somehow cover all of that. Yeah. I mean, just starting basically where you were talking about, you know, from infancy and just building our gut biome, basically our, our immune system developing, you know, how we are birthed into this world shapes our immune system, you know, coming through the vaginal canal, we, we get bacteria that helps shape our gut biome. You know, if women have C-sections, they can do a vaginal swab into their mouth to put that, um, bacteria in there to help the gut biome develop, you know, into delaying cord clamping till the cord stops pulsing and getting all of that blood back into the baby so they can have the stem cells and to breastfeeding, which is basically nature's vaccine, you know, Mm -hmm. the the breasts will create antibodies to whatever you and the baby come in contact with to help 
them fight it. You know, I've been through COVID twice breastfeeding my children and they were fine and I was fine. So, you know, it's, it's, Nature designed us perfectly. <laughs> yeah, Emmy, did you did you start out uh, going into a uh, school of some kind to become a doula, or were you an actor for many years and then decided to go into that? I mean, just what's the what was the journey that you went on to to get to this point? Yeah, it's a fun journey. Uh, I've been an actress for over twenty years. I love performing. I've been performing since I was little. Um, so I've been an actress forever, and then um, got pregnant with my first daughter, and COVID hit, and um, my agent was sending me auditions for fun pregnancy auditions, but it was uh, slate your vaccine status. Um, you know, you must be vaccinated to audition or even, you know, to come on set. And I was like, well, dude, I'm, I'm pregnant. First of all, I'm not going to get vaccinated with some experimental vaccine. Uh, secondly, you know, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm pregnant. I, I need my oxygen flow. Um, so I basically was just like, okay. And then even after I had the baby and, you know, was ready to rock and roll again. And it was just slate your vaccine status. And I was like, when is this madness going to stop? I'm just, I'm done. I don't, I don't even want to audition if that's what they're, if they're asking me to slate my vaccine status, that is just ridiculous. So, um, I had started my my doula certification through, you know, International Doula Institute and they're amazing. Um, but I really dove into it after COVID because I just was like, you know what? I if acting isn't for me, if I don't want to be a part of this industry anymore, then I'm going to go this way and I'm going to help these women and these babies. And this is a passion. And through that, I just a fire was lit inside of me because again, I was helping women give birth during one of the scariest <laughs> times to be in a hospital, you know, and the masks and they were swabbing women, you know, in the middle of labor and they were wow. cutting help, you know, like they were so short staffed on nurses and OBs. So it was like one OB to like 20 women in labor and these nurses and everybody was so overwhelmed that it was just C-section, C-section, C-section. And so I was just like protecting so many women, like stay out of here, go out the other, I'm just, you're not touching my mom, you know? Um, there was just so much abuse that was happening. Um, and yeah, I never thought that I was gonna step back into acting because I, I, I seriously thought that the industry was just gonna stay, you know, the, you know, that way. And um in came Andy Wakefield and um, him choosing to do this film outside of SAG regulations so that he he could have a set where nobody was required to wear a mask or nobody was required to be vaccinated to even just audition. Um, and yeah, I read the script and I looked at my husband and I said, I'm going to be in this movie. I'm going to manifest this somehow. I'm going to make that. This is literally me to a core. I've loved Andy since, you know, he came out with, since he was basically, right. Alfred, you know, like yeah. I just, I, I've followed Andy for a long time and I always knew I was never going to vaccinate my kids. And I stand very strong on that. And my children are extremely healthy. Yes. Um, very Amen. healthy. I mean, my almost four year old has never had an ear infection. She's like so healthy. <laughs> so we could go on and on about that, but yeah, I just, 
I, I wanted to be in this project and thankfully, you know, the casting director was amazing and knew my stance because <laughs> I nice. had said no to so many things. And he I was want like, to hear about the, the audition, but how did you get the script initially? I mean, uh, because as you said, you kind of like, I'm done with the acting thing. It's all, you know, woke. They're going to mandate vaccines. It's done. It's over. Does somebody yeah. know a little bit about you or you, you found out through, I don't know, was there a, a, like a non-sag grapevine? How does this happen? Yeah. So Alex Jones, um, who I adore, had me on with Owen and with Harrison during COVID because um, one of his producers is a really good friend of mine. And I just remember being at a hospital birth like this is crazy. This is madness. They're trying to kick me out like because I'm trying to protect this mom. And she was like, oh, my God, you got to come on, Jones. You got to come talk about this. And so I did. Um, and InfoWars has been, you know, just a really loving family of mine for years. I've, I've gone on and, and done things with them. But um, so shortly after that, she had Andy or, or she got Andy on Alex's show. And so Andy was on Alex's show talking about, you know, this film that they're going to start filming in Austin. And my friend, who was I love her to death, but she came running in and she was like, this is my friend. Like she had printed out my headshot. She's like, this is my friend, Emmy. She's, you know, she's all about like, you know, what your message is about. She's an actress, you know, um, she's a doula, whatever. And, and Alex kind of vouched for me. And, um, it was funny. Cause like at that point I had already auditioned for it. Cause the cat, like I said, the casting director knew where I stood. Okay. Um, so Andy was like, I think I remember her cause I auditioned for Rachel's role, the lead. And by golly, that woman is incredible. So <laughs> I know why I didn't get that role. Um, but it was really cool. Cause he, he basically called and was like, Hey, this is Andy Wakefield. And I was like, what is this crazy? Is this real life? And he was like, yeah, I got your number from Daria. And, um, just, yeah, if you want to audition, you know, for the other role, which was what, a, an amazing role. Um, it's one of the, um, scientists who actually kind of was the whistleblower, you know, part right. of, part of exposing what Mark was doing. So that was just a really fun role to also get into. And yeah, mm. hence back into the acting industry. <laughs> so in the audition process, just talk me through it. Cause I'm not, I'm not in that realm, but I'm fascinated by it. My daughter is very, you know, that's all she lives for all the arts. Right. So yeah. um, how was that? Pro do they give you the script and say, it's a table read or do you got, you remember the lines and you act it out while they're looking at you going, I wonder if she'll fit this role. How did that work? Yeah. So something that happened through COVID was no more in-person auditions. So everybody basically had to just like get their own um, studio at home and tape their own audition and then submit it to a casting director. So I had gotten really good at learning how to do that on my own um, for the projects that weren't asking for me to slate my vaccine status. Um, and one of the casting directors in Austin, like I said, he just, he knew where I stood and he sent me the script and he said, I think you would be incredible for this, um, read for the lead, but you know, there's a lot of female roles in here that you could possibly play. Um, but I know that this is right up your alley. And as soon as I got it, I mean, I printed that script out and I was just like, and like I said, I looked up at my husband and I was like, I, I have to do this. I have to do this movie. I have to be a, even just to, even if I was like, if I didn't get cast, I would have just gone and been a PA just to be a part of this project. Cause it is going to be huge. I, I really do feel like it's going to be so big, just like sound of freedom. It's going to wake a lot of people up. It's going to, um, just kind of expose a lot that 
you know, not everybody is aware of. And what was the, the process of, of the, the film? Was it all done in Austin? I was actually there for some of the shoot when we did it in the atrium of a hotel. It was like a trade show event because this is based on some real life experiences that Andy had that led to the script, right? Yeah. And we were, you know, part of that in real life, in real time back then and trying to reproduce the reality of it. And so here we are on this film shoot. All of the exhibits and exhibitors were actually real people, not extras, doing what we would normally do in real life. And yeah. then they brought in dozens of extras that were extras, paid extras in there to interact with us. Yeah. And it was like, I just kind of thought of how surreal this is. Normally a movie is surreal, but here we are. We're real people doing what we normally do, interacting with these people that are going, wait, you guys aren't? No, we're not. This is what we do. And we're talking about real stuff with them. Yeah. And I remember one particular uh, lady that was an extra, you know, they were, you stand over there by them and you guys interact. And I'm telling them all about the COVID stuff. And you could tell this woman was like recoiling in horror as I was di directing my information <laughs> of what I cover on my show all the time. Yeah, Yet I'm a compassionate guy. I don't like to frighten people. I don't like yeah. to be angry and yell at people, even though I'm human, I can be upset. Uh, and then I just asked her to consider this, you know, by, by the end, she was like, oh, maybe it's not so unreasonable. So it was a fascinating journey to see how wow. art and life collided in real time. And at least one person was impacted that got a view that she would never have gotten because she would have recoiled in horror and run and she couldn't because she was working and maybe yeah. I took advantage of it. Yeah. I mean, Hey, I think that it was genius for Andy to do that because you never, I mean, look, you wake one person up that per one person at a time, you know, that's, that's really all we can do is just wake one person up at a time, you mm -hmm. know? Um, if they're willing to listen, then you can, you can wake them up. And that's same thing with birth. That's like my mission. If I can just wake one person up to. Did, did you have any scenes? Cause uh, for those that are, are like cursory knowledgeable about film, they don't even be film buffs. Everybody knows who Julia Roberts is, but her brother is Eric Roberts. Who's been yeah. in a ton of movies over the years. Yeah. Um, you know, and if, if people make assumptions, I don't know Julia personally or what her polit well for politics, probably where they are, but her brother, Eric, took part in this film and he's like the main, I guess you could call him the villain, but like the head of the, the, the company that covered this stuff up. Did you interact and have scenes with Eric Roberts? I didn't have any scenes with Eric. No, mm -hmm. uh, most of my scenes took place in the lab because mm -hmm. um, I play one of the scientists. So a lot of my scenes were with Josh um, Murray and and. Um, yeah, just a lot of my scenes were all the the lab stuff, basically, which was really cool because it was shot at the Austin um, <laughs> Mental Hospital. Which yes. was it was like I think it was like an abandoned part of the Austin Mental Hospital, which was like eerie. Just yeah. like being in there, it had like a, an insane asylum type feel to it. But mm -hmm. like they had converted it into a lab, which was so it was really cool. But yeah, I, that and then um, there's there's a cool scene at the bar that I do. And we shot that at a place called the Mean Eyed Cat, which is a really cool ode to Johnny Cash in Austin, Texas. So that was really cool. Hey, 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 Super Don, you hear that Johnny Cash? I was playing a, a, a song with Neil Diamond and Johnny Cash yesterday. He was making fun of me. So oh. like, yeah, cool thing. And Johnny Cash, see, that could happen. Cool. And Johnny Cash, probably you throw Neil Diamond in. It won't be cool, but that's Super Don. <laughs> What you don't like, you don't like it was, the it was, it was still terrible. I don't care what you say. <laughs> He's just not into the music I like sometimes. I guess we got to <laughs> deal with that. Uh, but no, to totally cool. And by the way, Josh plays the character that's kind of based off of Andy's experience, right? As the lead in the, in the film. 
Um, that oh. is Matthew. Matthew. Okay. So yes. I'm trying to catch all the characters. I remember Josh meeting Josh. plays the other um, scientist. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Josh yeah. and I are like the two scientists that. Yeah. All of, all of the actors that I met at the shoot I was at that day were just super nice, grounded yeah. people, including, uh, you know, what we've, we've connected on. I mean, just uh, really heart focused, heart centered, and really not afraid to speak their mind and see yeah. through the BS. And yeah. so much of the arts community tends to, I don't know why, lend itself or be open to the idea of a totalitarian dictatorship yeah. of some kind to tell people how to live and what to do. I think that's just weird because the arts don't thrive in that kind of environment. Nope, not at all. And that's, and that's the thing is I'm, I feel like I'm really blessed to have found like my true purpose and passion in life, which is what I'm doing in the birth space. Um, and just educating and empowering people in that area, because I really don't care if Hollywood likes me or not, you know what I mean? I don't, I, I, I will speak my truth and I will speak out against the, the vaccines and, you know, pushing poison and mandating things. And that's just part of my nature. You're not, you're not going to control me. And I am 100% in full body autonomy. Like that is everything in life, in birth, in yeah. everything, you know, like it's my body. I'm going to choose what to do with it. And, um, just, there's just gaslighting in general and it's, you know, how, how, how did you encounter any folks that were friends formerly that not are now not because of your position on this? Oh, yeah. Like it's a political statement to say my body, my choice, because they use that for one specific thing. But when it comes to our ability as parents or you as a mom to say, my child's not going to get the shot or shots. I'm not going to get it. Suddenly that my body, my choice is out the window. Oh yeah. I mean, there was people that were like, wait, your child's not vaccinated against like the normal schedule and you're not vaccinated against COVID. Like we can't hang out <laughs> at all. And I'm sure three years later, they're kicking themselves like, oh boy, I, you know, but I don't, to me, it's like, Hey, good on you and your energy, like go, go your own way. But you know, it's, if, if, if politics and things like that are what make our friendship, then our friendship wasn't our friendship. <laughs> you, know? yeah, you find out who your real friends are through that. Yeah. And we'll welcome them back. If they once again, adopt, uh, you know, the, that love that and acceptance yeah. of those that have different views and opinions. Absolutely. Um, we don't believe in mandating or forcing our way. Uh, yeah. You know, this is a bodily autonomy is a real thing for those who yeah. love Liberty. Um, I, oh, I think I remember Josh. Didn't he and his wife just have a baby? They did. I saw that because I saw his Instagram post and it was like, holy tamole, the labor his wife went through to the end. And I'm reading this thing and I'm going, there's no way she made it through without ha eventually having an emergency C-section. And she did. I'm like, women are ridiculously strong. Like you said. So, I, I, so the funny story about that is right before they went, we were going in to do the Q&A at the summit. Um, Josh texted me. Because in California, it's illegal to go past 42 weeks. Now, in the state of Texas, it's not illegal. It's just up right. to the midwife, right? And I have helped women who have had births 43, past 43 weeks. Totally fine. It's That's just such a gaslighting thing that happened. And he called me kind of in a panic. And it was literally two minutes before we went to go do the Q&A. And I was like, Josh. And I, I was just talking to him. And I basically was advocating. I was his doula from afar mm -hmm. and I was advocating and helping them navigate all of the interventions and what I call the cascade of interventions and all of that. 
And, you know, I kind of didn't talk, I didn't hear from them for like a day and a half. And I was like, oh my gosh, please just like praying and sending like all the energy I could towards them. And then finally he called me and it just, it was, it, yes, it was, she was, she was what I work with women and healing their birth trauma. She basically experienced a lot of that. A lot this of is, this is her baby, by the way. I don't know if you can see that. So cute. Oh my gosh. Oh my so gosh. Gorgeous. Yeah. But, and I think they're yeah. on, on board with our view, your view, Absolutely, keeping these babies. He's a naturopathic doctor. So, you know, yeah. you know, imagine the, what happened when the midwife was like, Hey, you're at 42, you have to transfer the obstetrician. There's Josh care. and his wife there while she's still pregnant. Yeah. So you'll recognize him from the movie too. Like now, you know, Emmy, when you get to see it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, her story, like so many, it's, you know, women are just told to not that, that everything is prophylactic care in order to prevent something. And through that management of our labor and birth itself, and even that third stage of labor where, you know, they, they say women can hemorrhage. I'm looking at this one. I lost 65% of my blood supply two weeks after our summer was born. I survived without any blood transfusions. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. That's Lord. You know, like that's, these are like, it's normal. And like the hospital just intervenes and um, does things, like I said, prophylactically to, to, to prevent something from happening. But through doing that, they actually mm -hmm. cause this downward spiral of things and to force a woman's body to do something before it's not ready and yeah, before it's ready induction right it's, but they're consistent i'll give them props for consistency they're a fear-based machine it's, everything it's, is fear 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 i mean uh even when they talk about prevention it's more cover your ass kind of stuff it's like yeah. we don't want to get in trouble so let's do this even if it's not in the best interest of the well the woman's about to give birth or whatever it is and i don't think going into a, a you know a fear-based energy uh, system is ideal for a you know healthy happy birth totally i mean it's it's trusting your body is the the most important thing in birth it's you have to release the oxytocin naturally but i mean just being told that, you know, thank God you were in the hospital. You know, the women, so many women have that story of thank God I was in the hospital because me or my baby would have X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, you know, yes, there are some cases, absolutely. Obstetricians are incredible at what they are trained to do. And that is to intervene when there is a true emergency and things like that need to happen. But you know, midwifery care and, and people who specialize in physiological birth, they understand what's normal and they don't intervene because the more you intervene with labor, the, the, you know, the outcome isn't going to be the best baby coming out, not breathing, things like that. So it's like the less we intervene, the less we have those, thank God I was here. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, the quarter on the neck. Oh, well, the quarter on the neck is normal. <laughs> yeah. Years, well, so. again, they play it the worst case yeah. scenario. And it's it's one thing to be aware of the possibilities. It's other to really feed that fear and create right. things or scenarios where it might not likely not have been necessary. But of course, the business of giving birth. I mean, it, it really is profitable as well. It's a profit oh, yeah. center for hospitals as well. I remember years ago when we were looking at that um, 
going to a hospital to, to seek. We found an OBGYN that could had a, a, a C-section rate of like 0.0001%, like the old school. He was an old guy. We got him yeah. before he retired. He's like, yeah, I know how to get these babies out. And it was even in a VBAC situation. Yeah. And, you know, when I asked him how much it cost, again, this was, gosh, 18 years ago, uh, they said, yeah, it's about 12 grand to do everything, all inclusive, no matter what happens. I'm like, really? What if we're paying cash? Oh, four grand. One third the price? So yep. what does that tell you about the bloated, you know, inter intermediaries, middlemen and all of that? And we talk about the cost of these things that, uh, you know, when we have a system that's more honest about whatever and you can directly pay and support them, there's so much better outcomes overall as well. And I think about working with midwives and doulas if you can. Granted, there's there's always the possibility something can happen. That's just that is life. But to treat it the way we have treated it, I think the only argument, Emmy, that I could make that would be sort of in their favor. And I don't like to say this is yeah, that yeah. many people. Women particularly have become so weakened by a standard American diet, generations of vaccination, that we might not be as strong as a species as we once were, but that was artificially induced. Yeah. And and that's why, I mean, in my podcast, I talk about the importance of nutrition and maintaining, you know, health and strength and you know, doing prenatal yoga and exercise and all of these things that are really, really important. You know, there's a lot of magnesium deficiency in pregnancy and oh, yeah. uh, that can lead to preeclampsia, you know, and it's like you see, you see the link between taking magnesium and lowering your chance of preeclampsia. And it's like, pff, you know, I, I talk about my first birth compared to my second birth and it was night and day. My first birth with my daughter ended in an emergency C-section. And it was the whole, I had that whole mentality of like, here I am as a doula, like what went wrong? I attempted to do it naturally, like this and this and that. And I break it all down on my, on my podcast because I slowly realized like, whoa, you were gaslit from the beginning, even just mm -hmm. like being forced to drink the glucola drink wow. to test for gestational diabetes. I didn't know that I had the option to prick my finger and test my glucose that way to see what foods would make me spike. Like right. beans make me spike, but corn doesn't make me spike. So, mm. you know, it's, it wasn't necessarily sugar or carbs that I had to cut out. I just, I loved doing that the second time around versus drinking a chemical drink to see how my baby and my pancreas would react. Right. It's insane that they make women do that. It's 50 grams of sugar at once, but it's not even just the sugar. It has horrible chemicals in it and mm -hmm. you're and you're drinking this drink and then they're testing your blood sugar an hour later uh, yeah, you, know, you respond and then once you're categorized as gestationally diabetic forget about it you're treated mm -hmm. so different and it's it's like well couldn't we just teach these women to um curb their diet up their protein you know keep their carbs right. low take magnesium, all of these things that would support their bodies and their babies and their health and work on movement. And yeah. like I said, get a doula, right. get a midwifery care. <laughs> and specific to the gestational diabetes or any, uh, chromium is the mineral. Chromium and in a whole oh, yeah. food form, not hexavalent. So Julia Roberts comes in as uh, Aaron Brockovich. That's different form, the right yeah. form. And that can preclude any uh, manifestation of uh, diabetes, gestational or otherwise, including if they make you drink this horrible drink you're talking about. If yeah. you want to check out Emmy, Emmy Robin Doula.com. And Emmy is spelled E M M Y, Robin R O B B I N, and Doula is D O U L A, all together. Emmy Robin Doula.com. And are you still helping folks out there in oh. Texas or what? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot. Like I said, I'm, I'm taking um, fewer births and most of my work now is to help empower, educate, prevent, and heal um, birth trauma. So I'm doing lots of workshops um, just to really empower women. I work a lot with VBACs and HVACs. So. Excellent. Excellent. And then it's also your podcast, which I'm reading the EURL. It says Empowered Birth, Love, and Life podcast. Yeah. Buzzsprout.com. It's long, but check it out. It's linked up in the show notes today on the 22nd of February, uh, 2024, when we're first airing this show. If you're catching it live or later, uh, you can go to the notes on that day and you'll find a link to her podcast as well. You got, looks like 27 episodes so far. Yep. Uh, episode 28 is a, a doozy. It comes out this Sunday. It's uh, an H-back uh, woman who was 43 weeks in one day, and it was a home birth after cesarean, and the baby flipped breech. It was, it's a crazy but amazing wow. birth story. Yeah, Y'all check that out. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> also, for the movie, it's protocol7movie.com. Uh, movie, I'm sorry, protocol7.movie, and it's protocol in the number seven. Uh, just as you see it here, dot movie, uh, you can sign up for alerts, join the team. Um, I don't know. Do we have any uh, information on release dates and how we're going to be able to see it? I know that at the Autism Summit, they were uh, floating May 31st in New York. They will have their first premiere. Okay. And then yeah. it's looking for a theatrical premiere, not an online premiere, correct? I don't know the answer to okay. that. So, yeah, I just know that um, they will be doing premieres in cities. So just be on the lookout for that. And do you have any other um, film or TV projects now that you've got a crew and group of people that are not, you know, woke into the vaccine, everything kind of thing? Yeah, hopefully Andy's got some more. Uh, he was talking about how he had some more projects lined up. And yeah, I mean, I just I hope that there's more. um production companies out there that are along these lines. Cause I would love to continue acting. It's, it's another passion of mine and it's fun. And I don't want to have to like suppress that, you know, right. it's, it's fun for me. It's an outlet. So, and for those that uh, want to get into that side of the creative arts, yeah. what is the way that you can recommend for mere experience to nail a audition, nail an audition? I mean, something that, I know you don't get every audition you win it, but you, you come in with something that is, Maybe you learned over time that works, yeah. that doesn't work. Yeah, I love the Meisner technique. So going and finding a really good Meisner teacher, it's basically just about reading body language and human behavior. And if you can get really good at that, it's also a fun tool to take into life too. I'm doing somatic EMDR and I've noticed like my Meisner training kind of links with um, doing somatic work. So yeah, if you can go find a good Meisner class, then through there you'll meet other thespians and <laughs> figure out your next steps, you know, but it's, it's a good tool. And a lot of the actors use Meisner. So if you're working with a Meisner actor, you want to be Meisner trained. <laughs> so is your message to parents, if their children grow up to be thespians, don't be concerned. There are good people <laughs> out there in thespianism that, you know, don't mandate weird stuff. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Amy, you're so much fun. I appreciate connecting with you yeah. uh, through all of these events and through Andy's film and all the success to you. And if you have updates you want to, you know, let loose on, on this show, you're always welcome. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. I love being on here. It was awesome. Yeah. And if you need a radical homeopath with an occasional bad attitude, that's not me, but if it were to happen, I, you know, I'm here for you. Or if you want to do some podcasts and let me know. 
Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. I want to have you on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. So yeah, I appreciate you so much and what you're bringing is so very, very important. And uh, we, lo- we all look forward to seeing you in Protocol 7 as soon as it's available for everybody. Thank you. All right. Emmy Robin on the Robert Scott Bell Show for the first time as we're heading toward 2,000 guests. We're cranking it up very quickly now. It's awesome. Love it. Love her. And uh, folks, if you're in Texas and need a doula, you got one now or you know how to reach her. Uh, We've got it linked up again in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. So here we go. Question of the day. And then we got uh, also the homeopathic hit of the day. Let's see what the question is. All right. This is the uh, first one from Rita. Is there a homeopathic remedy to mitigate glyphosate? It, y- yes. In fact, you know, back in the, in my early days in, in homeopathic uh, working with the laboratory, uh, we would take uh, various pesticides and herbicides and fungicides, and we would convert them through serial dilution and succussion into a homeopathic form so that we would have like pesticide detox formulas and things like that. And I'm sure that a number of uh, homeopathic laboratories have made this available. I don't know if they're all complex remedies with multiple ingredients. That could be the the case because you want to support detox pathways, obviously. And we talked about yesterday, Bryonia Alba again. Uh, But the idea is to alert the body that is stuck. It's like, I don't know what to do with this molecule or these molecules. Utilizing a homeopathic signal or signature like glyphosate in homeopathic form could be something that will elicit a response to eradicate. Of course, as you reduce your exposure, it will only help your body's ability to remove it as well. And uh, you know, in prevention of inadvertent exposure, you know, the Enter DMG by uh, Nutritional Frontiers is a wonder product. Uh, DMG is one of the ingredients in many of their products. Judy Mikovits has talked about it extensively, including on our Sunday conversation that we had recorded at the Autism Health Summit uh, a few weeks back. So if you missed the Sunday conversation, go back and listen to that as well. So in addition, Rita, to a homeopathic form of glyphosate, which we can use, uh, look at the DMG. And of course, everything you can do to sweat the toxins out, far infrared sauna technology. Uh, we have a discount code. I think if you use RSB, you get a hundred bucks off the um, the relaxed sauna, for instance. And you know, we've talked also about hydrogen and water. One of the things we play usually in the show from Echo Technologies, my buddy Paul, and they have the Echo Water. They have the filtration to remove it, and of course, having molecular hydrogen dissolved into your water turns your water into a supercharged antioxidant as well to counteract all of that inflammation from the exposure to glyphosate and the damage that it brings on. All right, let's see. Uh, what do we got? Uh, oh, a second question. What's this one from Manny G? Can you go full screen on that, Super D? My old eyes about to be 58 years around the sun. Uh, recently found out I have some tooth decay and I'm interested in a non-GMO xylitol gum. Couldn't find any on your product area. Please advise. I met you at my son's store, uh, THB. Did we figure out what that was? Oh, in Mount Dora, where you did a broadcast or taping. Yeah, that was uh, the... Uh, happy, healthy Buddha. Was that healthy Buddha? The hippie Buddha, the hippie, the healthy Buddha, I think. Healthy. It was. Yes. But yeah, that was the Kratom bar in Mount Dora. Yeah. Uh, my, my good friends had that. And uh, so that's uh Manny. Uh, let's see. I met you at my mom, my son's store. Oh, okay. So it's, uh, Manny's son. Okay. Thank you. All right. So um, as far as I know, the clear product X L E A R. Nathan Jones, Nate Jones, a friend. I don't believe they're using genetically modified because they do they do a lot of organic stuff. So uh, unless you find out differently, let me know. I haven't fully investigated it, but that would be one option. Also, the homeopathic kid of the day is going to speak to the, your issue with uh, concern for uh, tooth decay. 
interestingly enough. It's always funny how they know to ask the question right when we're going to bring a homeopathic remedy to the fore that will help them. And uh, maybe that would lead to uh, the homeopathic hit of the day right now, if you're ready. Well. If you're not, then don't worry. I just that was awkward a very, pause. That was a very a quick answer pause. to this. Hey, how about that? A pregnant pause. A pregnant pause. For Emmy. <laughs> Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Do I do I get an Emmy for my segue in that one? That was kind of cute. <laughs> all right. The homeopathic hit of the day, Calcarea florica. Calcarea florica. And uh, this is a really important remedy that works with a lot of systems, a lot of things. But you'll look at vascular connective tissue uh, f- flexibility. We're going to get into that with this homeopathic hit to wrap up today's show before we go to the bonus round. Uh, Super Don, look at, look at that animated kind of version of what calc floor is, calcarea florica. Uh, which is fluoride of lime. Obviously, fluoride is a very dangerous, toxic uh, neurotoxin we don't want. But in a homeopathic form, oh, it's cute, though. Looks good there. You like that? Well, if we convert that into a homeopathic remedy, it's actually safe. Cute and there you safe. Go. <laughs> uh, but the fluoride of lime. So let's get into this. This is often a remedy used for bone health and elasticity. A lot of connective tissue issues, calcarea florica. Um, uh, you know, if we talk about bone health, joint tissues, elasticity. So we'll, we'll go into some of the, 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 the properties of calc flora. Its origination is derived from mineral fluoride of lime. It's utilized in homeopathy to address a wide variety of conditions that involve bones, teeth, elastic fibers of the body, and even the vascular system, the cardiac system. Uh, Noted for its effectiveness in cases where there's a deficiency in tissue elasticity and issues with bone development. So connective tissue issues, calc floor, calcarea florica, physically known for, again, treating conditions like dental cavities. How cool is that, that that question of the day comes in specific to dental health and bingo, bango, bongo. We got How does that happen? How? I I promise this is not a setup. You didn't do it. It just happens. In fact, in fact, that, that question of the day actually came in after, uh, everything was done. I added it just a few minutes ago because it came in through the email. So, wow. Dude, I'm telling you, people are just tuned in to the future, right? Yeah. Before the show airs. Also indicated uh, like for uh, bone spurs, uh, varicose veins, hemorrhoids, and uh, mentally it's primarily physical, but there can be some general sense of weirdness or dissatisfaction associated with these symptoms. Uh, bone and joint health focus, um, managing conditions affecting bones and joints, especially oh, including osteoporosis, bone spurs, issues with ligaments and tendons, dental health, dental cavities, enamel def- defects and deficits, promoting stronger teeth and bone structure. Unlike the, the bogus idea of sucking down fluoride itself as a homeopathic remedy, calcarea florica is legitimate. So for dental health issues, elasticity issues, varicose veins, hemorrhoids, other conditions related to a loss of tissue elasticity. Now, if you have a uh, 6X, 12X, you know, 10X, 15X, whatever, use it every day if you want. It's safe to do so. If you're going for the high, high, high potencies dealing with really deep-seated chronic conditions, please consult a homeopath. That's be my recommendation. Uh, complementary remedies that might be used alongside calcarea florica include silicea, silica, 
uh, bone health issues with connected tissues. Remember, we recommend ingesting the whole food form of silica or silicon, and that's the Alta Health product, silica, um, and that's uh, through Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. We also have Ruta Graviolins, and that's useful for injuries to ligaments and tendons, and it complements calc floors action on joint health. And of course, I add in a little bit of copper, Cooper Metallicum, additional support for vascular connective tissues. And remember, bone spurs often indicated or manifesting when you have too much zinc and not enough copper. So homeopathic copper could be a, a, a great adjunct in this case as well. So when calc floor uh, is uh, used as a homeopathic, it is certainly safe. And uh, obviously, if you're if you're trying to self-prescribe uh, for very serious degenerative conditions, you might consider consulting a healthcare provider appropriate to your desire to stay non-toxic, of course. So as we conclude, Calcarea florica, valuable homeopathic remedy, particularly effective for treating conditions related to bone health, dental health, elasticity of, of all kinds of tissues. And I'd urge you to keep tuning in if you didn't already figure it out to the Robert Scott Bell Show for more of these homeopathic hits and other things that we do to bring the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you. Remembering that this is not to replace a doctor if you have or want one, but just to provide information and education so that you can make better or fully informed decisions about the care of your health, the hair of your, the hair of your loved ones, the care of your loved ones too. <laughs> That's a different remedy. <laughs> That's yes. a different remedy too. But yeah, calc floor might work for that. Uh, and we talk about hair and care all together. How about hair care? I hope I have some tomorrow at 58. Very carry. I still have, have some tomorrow, hopefully. Anyway, we'll see what happens after 58 burpees <sighs> on the way tomorrow. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm still amazed by these questions, how they line up so perfectly with the it's home. Funny, yeah. It's funny, yeah. It's funny how that uncanny. happens. It's, it's completely random, I promise. Yeah. It's just, you know, when I put the show notes together, you know, it's just like, okay, here's where the homeopathic hits go. And this is where the question is. We'll just put the questions of the day with the homeopathic hit. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's just whatever happens to come in that day. Randomity seems to be very orchestrated and planned on some level that we're not aware. Uh, Whoa. Very what? Yeah. What? What? Randomity? Randomity. Yes. Ran that's a word? Yes, it is. Randomity? Yes. Randomity. You never heard that word before? Oh, yeah. I use that every day. Look it up. Randomity. Of course Randomity. Lori asked the question, is anecdotals available online? Yes. And we had Jen on last week, and she also reminded us that you can stream it for free online. At the website, right? And right. At the website, anecdotals. Is it anecdotalsmovie.com? I can't remember at the moment. I think so. Uh, but we have also the... the, the uh, the screening, it's going to be fun to watch it with folks and, and do some Q&A and presentations on, uh, I believe, Tuesday this week coming up. I think that's Anecdotalsmovie.com. Right. Yeah, there you go. So, Lori, you can watch it online as well. And uh, if you can't support Jen Sharp also in her efforts, she's doing great, great work in there. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Jonathan E. Mord was on fire as usual. And Emmy Robin, great first-time guest. She can bring it. She's got a lot of light and energy, doesn't she? She does, yes. Yeah. She All right, let's it. let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Let's go to uh, our break here. I actually, we need to start uh, uh, getting out maybe like a minute or two earlier. I'm than too. Normal. I'm too. I, I'm too verbose. All right, enough with the big words. Here we go, Super Don. The power to heal is yours. Thank you. <laughs> Bonus round. <laughs> that was not a train wreck. That was actually quite fun. Got trains, yeah. So I've been I've been probably extending the show far too long, and you're having to edit things, aren't you? No, no. Here's here's the reason why is, is there's been a, sh a change with our uh, UK Health Radio, yeah, um, folks that uh, they've they've for whatever reason I think it's with their 
their clock or whatever, it's uh, it has to be shorter now. Really? So I think I can still kind of play around with it, but we're going to have to be, stick pretty hard to the 55. Okay. Um, going I'll, I will uh, do better next time. I did not know that. Was no, not it's okay. I forgot to tell yeah. you. So okay. There's a brand new thing that just happened a couple days ago. Yeah. UK's got a brand new bag. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Get up. Uh. <laughs> Get yes. on up. Yeah, I saw a super funny uh, clip. Apparently, I don't know when this was. must have been years ago because I think uh, he, uh, I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, James Brown. He's mm-hmm. already, he, he passed away years ago, yeah. mm-hmm. but there was some awards thing. Cause, uh, Richard Pryor actually was still alive in the, in the, in the video in the, in the, uh, the crowd, but Eddie Murphy was on stage and, uh, James Brown, he goes, Hey, yo, is it true? You could do James Brown mm-hmm. and Eddie Murphy's like, Hey, and then he like does this total like thing of, you know, sex machine right. on stage with James Brown on the stage and he's doing the dance thing with his yeah. feet and all that stuff. Like it was absolutely hilarious. I posted it on my, if, if you, I anybody, yes. So did you see it? Mm-hmm. it I probably, great. I probably yeah. watched it like 10 times because it was <laughs> just was so awesome. funny to watch right. Eddie Murphy. I mean, what a, you know, there, there's nobody like him. Mm-hmm. There isn't. I mean, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the sequel to Beverly Hills Cop that's coming out. I hope he didn't phone it in. I hope it's like really. I hope so too. Yeah. He's got a lot to live up to, obviously. Yeah. Um, but what a what a one of a kind kind of a, a comedian and actor. Mm-hmm. It was just really fun to see him in that clip. So if you happen to be friends with me on Facebook, go check out my profile and watch that clip. It's pretty funny. Very cool. Anyway. Any other uh, uh, website things we're learning about, things that we need to still modify and tweak since we got the new mm. one up? You guys, check it out. I don't know. I haven't seen anything uh, in the last day or so, but I really haven't gone through it thoroughly. I'm spending more time figuring out how to manipulate or how to you know navigate on the back end. Uh, right. Changing things and stuff. So. All right. Anything up on Rumble today? What do we got on Rumble today? Uh, Marge says, have a great day tomorrow. Well, what about today? Yeah, what about today? What's today, just have a horrible day today, Marge? That's oh, not wait a minute. I think she's talking because it's tomorrow's your... your. Oh, oh, gotcha. Tomorrow birthday. Your birthday. Thing. All right, yeah. And, right. and your burp day, I guess we should call it, right? Of the day that you arrived X number of revolutions around the sun ago. Happy basically. burp day to, to Robert tomorrow. Happy, happy burp day? Like burpee day? Yeah. Yeah. I still think that was funny. You're abreast. That was oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Awaken with JP pokes fun at trans milk for babies. Uh, there's a link up there. Stephen put up there. All right. Then we got uh, Marge again saying, going to see the movie A Thief in the Night at church Saturday. They show movies at your church? That's cool. Is that like a Christian movie or something? A Thief in the Night. At church Saturday, it starts at two thirty. What time is the AMA on Saturday? Uh, it's gonna. Well, what time zone are you? Is, what time zone are you in? Where's Marge at? I can't remember. Uh, if it's she's it's in nine a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. It's Eastern time zone, so it'll be noon so, to two. Noon. So you got yeah. I mean, depending on how far it is to, to church, you should be able to at least catch catch like the majority of it if you want to be there. We'd like we'd like to see you. Haven't actually I haven't seen we haven't seen Marge at an AMA in a while. I think. 
Yeah, it'd be fun to have her. She in hasn't board, been around. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 movie Warren Children. Okay, so that's it on Rumble, and then over on uh, Facebook and such. What do we got going on here? I'm just scrolling back up here. That's an interesting uh, question from Lori. Steve puts uh, up here that Dr. Ellie Phillips oops. has non-GMO xylitol, if uh, um, anybody's still watching. We clicked at the same time. I clicked in. in the, oh, mine overrode like, yours. All right, I'll hide mine. Apparently so. Um, anyway, interesting question here. I live in mm. Placer County, Northern California. Yeah, where do I, I put was, my money? Well, it's clear that you don't want to hold the majority of it in Federal Reserve notes in a bank. Yeah. I think that's fairly clear and not controversial to say. I am not a licensed or we are in no, yeah we're in in no, no way advisors in this yeah. so, so anything we say should not be considered as financial advice. Right, it's just information. But I mean, I, I think that you. It's want a to good have question. I mean, it honestly, is a good question because everybody's got you know. There's all these different ideas out there, right? Mm -hmm. Some people are just like just put it in a coffee can, you know, and, and no, or, no, not put it in, reserve notes. If you do put that, it in your mat, well, okay. I'm just yeah. saying that yeah. you've got those people, right? Right. Then, then uh, you know, you got the people who are like, buy gold, buy gold, and it's like, well, I mean, that's great, I guess, but how practical really is it? If you just, well, I, I, I've, I've got a gold bar well, in my uh, practicality in isn't the purpose in terms of liquidity, right? If you have I, a lot, let's say you're widowed and you have life insurance, <laughs> you got some kind of, you know, suddenly a, an inflow of Federal Reserve note dollars in a bank account because of that. What would you like to do? Hold it in the bank and watch it depreciate as they inflate the money supply or convert it to something that might not be practical on a daily use sense, but from a, with, you know, withstanding the assault of inflation, I no. would, I would say still precious metals are a good thing to have some of. If you and the thing is, it. is I am just completely a moron <laughs> on understand. I mean, I understand that gold has a value. I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, I, let's say that there's a collapse. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's just, everything goes to hell in a handbasket. Uh, you know, the, the financial markets crash, um, you know, and, and we're suddenly we're in Mad Max land. Okay. Yeah. And I've got some gold. <laughs> it's like, um, I'm hungry. I need to eat. Uh, I, you know, I, well, I, at the level of, of value normally associated with gold, it would be too much to just use that to buy something. That's why I like gold backs because they're fractional. Well, and that's down. assuming though, Robert, yeah. that's assuming mm -hmm. that I'm, you know, that somebody in your neighborhood is just like, okay, I'll take some gold for something. Well, the assumption, yeah, I mean, I, there would have to be a system set up mm -hmm. where people then were able to then trade gold for things and it, it provided value sure. and all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, it's just metal sitting in a box. Right. But throughout history, again, if you look into the history of the economies throughout history, you find there is always a means and needs to, to, to find a way to trade, right? Efficiently. It, Right. Okay. So what? I, what? Here's here's a point I'm going to make, and mm -hmm. then I'm I'm not going to disagree with you, mm -hmm. but I'm going to say that if and just trying to be as practical as possible. Right. The S hits the fan. Yeah. Right. Um. I need to feed my family. Mm -hmm. 
it doesn't matter how much gold I've got sitting in a box under my bed or something like that. I'm not going to be able to take that gold until a system sets itself up within the community that mm-hmm. you are living in where you can actually take that gold and somebody's going to go trade. Okay. I, this is now a value because this is worth something because sure. then I can take this and turn this into something else that again is useful to me. The best you got to have something to, to have yeah. something to barter with. Yeah. The, that, be, the, the best answer to that super D is exactly that. And, and people have written books about it because they've lived through the, what you're describing total yep. collapse of the economy. Right. What is it that has or retains or maintains value? Obviously, large chunks of gold that are right now very but valuable relative are not going to be practicable for the most part because right. people are not in that mode. That's something so, you're going to hang on to because eventually, right. it will chances come, it are that's back. going to be yeah. something. But in the meantime, yeah. you got to be prepared with something other than that. Yeah, and what so, do you have a value that is valuable in that scenario specifically? That's right. where you want to read books about people who have lived through those collapses. Right. We've had some discussions of that over the years of things that I think it's are, an interesting topic, you know, is. really, because it's just uh, being prepared. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things that you can do. But a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people think about that. You don't it's want like, to. It's not a it's not a nice thought. If, if everything but, could just crashed, I mean, there were a lot of people today mm-hmm. that woke up this morning and felt like uh, the world had ended because their cell phones weren't working. Did yeah. you hear about this? Yeah, uh, it was AT&T and Verizon and somebody else. Uh, there, I don't know if there's even a reason. I, one thing I saw was that there was this news report that got spread around, was being shared, um, where somebody was saying it was solar flares mm-hmm. had caused the issue. My my question would be, why would it only affect AT and T? You know, a solar flare uh, is going to affect electronics, so you think it would have, have affected everybody. Mm. But in any case. Uh, you know, if, if something, you know, like that happens and you're hungry and you need something and your neighbor happens to have something that you need, you can do one of two things. You can steal it or you can trade it for something, right? Yeah. Because, you know, there's there's things that people are going to want or need. And and so it would be a good idea to probably look into that and maybe have some of those things laying around because you really want to be prepared for when it hits the fan. You're going to need something like that immediately. Yeah. Not to mention your own food, food storage, right? Right. We've exactly. talked about that before. Exactly. I don't know why I got onto that. That. All right. Thought, I, I just, I just got uh, an email that caused me to pause. That I wasn't aware of this occurrence, although I was concerned that it might happen. Our friend Scylla Whatcott, who you remember, homeoprophylaxis. Mm-hmm. We've had mm-hmm. her on many times over the years. Apparently, as uh, February the thirteenth, so uh, about nine days ago. Uh, she uh, passed away, oh, uh, and uh, with sadness, I impart that information for those that you don't didn't know her. She was wonderful, a sweetheart. She she'd been on the show. She did a lot to promote homeopathy and homeoprophylaxis, and then she was battling cancer for many years, and probably outlived her oncologist if she had one. I don't remember what she was doing specifically, uh, but uh, my heart just uh, you know I'm hit like oh I saw an email message. I'm like what I didn't hear this. Um, so um, my. Condolences to the family of Scylla and uh, my love for her and, and, you know, great gratitude for her for all that she did while she was alive uh, here on this plane of existence. And and she will be missed. Scylla Whatcott. I just forwarded you an email. There are obviously people that are going to carry on her work, thankfully, which is great. But she's an absolute special soul on this journey. Lost another friend there. So, yeah, acknowledge that. 
passing I'm trying, I'm trying to look here and see when, when was it we had her on last i'm trying to navigate our own website here hold on <laughs> mm. what caught <sighs> all right so tomorrow uh looking at friday's show um we have alfonso monzo is he the first hour or second hour i think he's the first hour i think so too okay and when I'm standing strong after 58 burpees, I'll be with you. Maybe looking a little shaky and older. <laughs> I might even might even shave as a birthday gift to my mom. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow. Might see look what I found. Oh, look at that. Wow. That goes back a lot of years. Look at that with Scylla. That was at a, a homeoprophylaxis conference. I believe that was in Tampa many years ago when we first connected. And she was at some of the health freedom uh, events as well. And also, the, I believe the Health Freedom Expo before we saw her. So, again, I didn't get that word. Now it's nine days later. I'm so sorry I missed that. And I've seen posts. Seven I, years I, ago. Oh, seven sense. years ago. Wow. Yeah. 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 All right. Sorry. Cleo's, we uh, we threw see. a monkey wrench in the... In the, in the in oh, the, it totally uh, did. To see that <laughs> pop up. All right. Going back to the discussion of uh, money and a, uh, economic failure. People no, that's okay. Backs. I think I think we're good. Oh, you want to talk about the gold backs? Okay. Well, just real quick, because we had a comment yeah. come in. If people had enough gold back, I don't know. Isn't that a, a sign for poop? Would hit softer. The, S would, the yes, would the, the, the S would softer. hit the fan. Well, I, I, to, to her point, absolutely. And why I, I say that, you know, it's, it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I say start growing food when you're hungry. It's too late. You start using gold backs when you have to. It's too late because few people will know what the heck they are and what to do with them. But yeah. let's say we're exchanging gold backs now in our community in an economic collapse of Federal Reserve note variety. People are going to keep doing what they were always doing, and it'll be like almost nothing happened. Right. So that's the point of getting out there in your community and learning about what you're growing, what he's growing, what she's growing. Also, what you're exchanging. Hey, do you know about these gold backs? I'm not waiting for approval, depending on what state you're in. I'm yeah. going to start going, hey, can we kind of use these? Right. Anybody that's a private like business, a mom and pop, not a multinational, if you give them the option to accept gold backs or the paper Federal Reserve notes, most every one of them will go, yeah, I think I'll take the gold backs when they know what it is. But the practice is the point. Practice before you have to do it. Grow food before you have to grow it. And you're going to be fine because you're already there. I know. It's just kind of weird to have to say it, but we do. So we wait at our own peril to go, oh, now we got to figure out what we got to exchange. It's like if we were already exchanging goldbacks, all of us, it doesn't matter when the Federal Reserve no, tanks as much. I mean, obviously, it's going to impact everybody, but you'll still have a functional ability to interact with, like when I go to the Ace Hardware or I pay for the gym already that way. I mean, these little things are already normal to me and to those who receive it. So if suddenly they stop taking Federal Reserve notes because they don't, they're not worth the barrel, that, you know, the wheelbarrow you're, you just bought from Ace Hardware you to carry them in, you already have something that you, people are accepting. That's my point. And getting ahead of this is my point. Get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. I forgot what we had for dinner tonight. What did we have last night for dinner? Um, <laughs> but there were two things that I grew or we grew, including the sweet peppers. And what was the other thing in, in the food we ate that uh, we had grown? Anyway, it's nice to know that even in the winter that there are some things that we actually have had a hand in making, growing, that ends up, you know, in that's the dinner. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's, still that's really, really cool. a cool thing every time that happens. And you're like, wow. That is cool. And, and you know, just the, the cost savings and not having to buy something is good. You know, all of these things add up and make a difference, little yeah. by little. Chicken drumsticks last night. Oh, yeah. 
Those are reasonably priced, even for organic. Nice. And uh, how did you cook them? What did what did you do to them? I just baked them in the oven. Did you put some pluck on them or what? Um, no, I put some Redmond uh, real salt and some pepper and some garlic powder and some onion powder and just and some olive oil, so it got kind of crispy. Put that and on there. Y'all gotten it? I put the pluck on on stuff all the time now. Yeah, I didn't put it on the chicken though. It okay, didn't, I didn't. I know. He, I know that that James was like, put it on everything, and stuff. I chose not to put it on the chicken. But so tonight, Lori tonight Al- we're having wild caught sockeye salmon. Ooh, I want to come over for dinner, buddy. Come yeah. on. Hey, can we get you to Virginia to collect signatures for Jonathan E. Mord? We need help. Let's get out Me? there. Me? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Sure. I know you don't have time. <laughs> Anybody out there? Come on. Uh, Let's see. Lori bought a lot of Nevada goldbacks. How do you show their worth? Well, if you go on to goldback.com, there's a daily exchange rate, which is the average exchange rate, just like a foreign currency, so that people know what they're trading for at the moment. And it can change a little bit. It doesn't fluctuate majorly because gold doesn't jump too high or too low, but uh, it, it'll fluctuate a little bit. But you'll get to see on the on the website every day. So hold, have your phone if you have it, and it works still. Uh, link to the goldback site to show people. Here's the, the exchange rate, pretty much. That's how you do it. All right. Sweet I had sweet potato, potato fries, fries and a grass-fed burger the other day, Steve. Right. I think it was over the weekend. You like sweet potato fries? I do. I'm yeah. a sweet potato fan, but you're. I know you're Are not. you a dipper? What is a dipper? With the fries. Well, if, you just I'm eat having, if I have uh, a regular uh, fries, I do like organic ketchup. I do. Okay. Uh, or sometimes I will do organic ketchup and organic mayonnaise and make my own fry sauce, my yeah. version of it. See, now, prior to going organic, I was big on ranch. Yeah. I have not tried an organic ranch yet. Okay. But it's like, that. that's it. That's my, my go-to. Yeah, your go-to. Well, now, when it comes yeah. to sweet potato fries, I don't. I like sweet potatoes so much, I really don't want anything on them. I just, mm. I'll eat them. That's, Are they I seasoned like or just... just- yeah, they could be seasoned, no problem. Yeah. But I, I don't like putting a sauce on them. I just eat them. Okay. Yeah, I'm a saucy kind of a guy. You are saucy, and uh, I'm a big fan of gravy too. I love gravy. I put you gravy on everything. Gravy, yes. I put gravy on everything. I'm putting uh, pluck on everything. Eatpluck.com. Use the code at what RSB twenty get twenty percent off. RSB twenty. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Remember, we got the uh, Cardio Miracle webinar uh, talking about. 29th, that email will be going out as soon as I've got what I need to put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, quick question. You, you do the Azure standard, right? Yes. Do they, do, can you get uh, pork, like uh, sausage and stuff like that, organic? So I, was, I did some reading on that over, yeah. over the weekend, or mm-hmm. like, well, it was a couple of days ago. Um, and apparently, it's, it is a thing. You can yeah. get organic uh, pork. Yeah. From pasture-fed uh, yes. pigs and stuff yes. like that. It's just it's really hard to come by because there's not a lot of producers out there. Right. There are not a lot of providers. But to yeah, keep but, up with with what would be the demand. So that's why it's extremely expensive when you can't find hard it, to but get. it's really yeah. hard to find. So do you know, does, does Azure Standard uh, uh, provide something like that? I'd have to ask my wife. I don't know. I haven't taken the leap yet and gotten on there and signed up yet, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to very soon. But I, I do know with Azure Standard, when things go on there that are very popular, they sell out quickly. So order soon, order mm. quickly. When you start doing it, especially the most sought after items, you can just wait a day and it's like, oh, sold out. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. 
there are certain things because you know my wife likes to cook. Yep. And there are certain things where it's just like you know the the sausage is like a key part of of what it is you know that's in the recipe, and so we're hoping that we can find something that's going to be clean. For sure. Yep. For sure. All right. All right. How's that for a bonus round? Not too shabby. Well, longer than I thought. All right, y'all. Well, let's enjoy the day and enjoy the tomorrow. And we'll see you back here, God willing, less than 22 hours from now with another edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you to Emmy and thank you to Jonathan for being on board today. We had a great show with them and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And please do share it. And we'll see you also on Saturday for the AMA. That's uh, two days from now, 24th. Hope you sign up, become a patron. Love to see you there. All right. Have a good day, guys. 